On episode 67 of Pixel Gaiden. Do themes really sell games? Everyone's fed up with Kickstarters. Cody gets a new game room? Eric and Tim face off in a game show. We have a Donald Duck battle. Eric beat another game? There's worms in my Amiga. What exactly is an Atari box? And as usual, we drink. We are back. We are back. Episode 67. That's Can a lot of episodes. It? Yeah. That's a lot of episodes. We're on the tail end of Sep Tandy. <laughs> I, I had a great time not using my Tandy computer. <laughs> oh, TRS-80. No, I, I, I enjoyed the Tandys, but uh, everything is in boxes at the moment. Actually, tech, as of this recording, they're on the wall, but they are uh, literally about to be in boxes in a day or two, so... By the time this releases, I will have not have touched my Tandy aside from wrapping it in styrofoam. It's a <laughs> sad, sad thing. Yeah, it's gonna be. A, it's a big ordeal. We're moving this big room here. It's got everything in it. Welcome to Pixel Guide N, your number one place for retro and retro-inspired video games. I'm Eric Nelson. I'm Cody Hoffman. We're ready to dig into some uh, some gaming. That's what we do. Some retro games. That's what we like to do here on the show. And we usually like to start it out with... Um, technically, we like to start it out with what's coming up on the show. Oh, let's do what's coming up on the show before we get into <laughs> quick questions. Okay. Fair That's where you're going there. All right. Uh, I just want to make sure you guys know uh, we are part of the Amigos uh, Retro Video Gaming Consortium. Yeah. Amigos Retro Gaming Network. So feel free to check out everything Amiga, ARG Presents, Sprite Castle, R. Sinclair, The Coco Show, and 1200XL. Mm-hmm. On this episode of Pixel Guide In, you will hear us have a game show once Tim joins. Yeah, it should be fun. You, you're hosting it. I am hosting it. I like to be the one to deal out the pain. You're going to hear Eric uh, try his best Transylvanian accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to suck your blood. Perfect, nailed it. Um, you are going to hear us add an extra person to our Patreon list that joined last episode, but before I re- after I recorded the Patreon list. That's right. It was a bra- our first breaking news segment. We'll add that just in a second. Yeah, here. Um, we're going to do our Battle of the Systems, a couple of Donald Duck games. Yeah, because when I think retro gaming, I think Donald the Duck. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's going to be Quackshot and mm-hmm. Lucky Dime Caper. I feel like there's something that just ruins it by saying Donald the Duck. Donald, is that it? I'm going to do it from now on, though. I like that. Donald I'm do the Duck. <laughs> I know, Howard the Duck. Right, because, I mean, when it says, it says Quackshot starring Donald Duck. That's the official name. D- Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. It, no one but Disney does that. Yeah. Like, it's Chip and Dale... I guess it is Rescue Rangers, not the Rescue Rangers. I don't know. I'm getting all conservative. <laughs> uh, and then coming up first, of course, we uh, are going to catch up. Yeah. 
But what do we do before we do anything else, Eric? We do quick questions. Quick questions! So, I think you're on it, right? This is your question. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, Eric, is there a theme or topic for, like, a video game that will make you want to go out and buy a new title regardless of hearing much else about it? Does that make sense? Yes. Is there a theme or topic that will make you want to buy a new title regardless of hearing much else about it? So, for example, a lot of people, as soon as they see, oh, there's a new Star Wars game... Right. They don't even have to look into reviews. They don't need to just, I'm going to play. I love yeah. Star Wars. I want to live in that world. Mm-hmm. Star Wars. Right. Yeah, I would say there is. Um, especially lately, as of the last, I'd say, eight years, like new Far Cry games. Like if it's a Far oh, Cry okay. game, I But is I that get... based on the theme, or is that just because you like the series and they're always good? I like the series, but... Um, so l- let me think of a theme. Yeah, I... I I'd have to give some thought to that. Keep keep thinking. Okay, I think ahead. mine's obvious. Do you know what mine is? Racing? That's a genre. It is a genre. I'm just going to keep calling you out in technicalities. <laughs> well, you said theme or topic. Theme. Or topi- ahead, yeah, like tell, a, tell me what it is. Anything that is Cthulhu or Lovecraftian. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I don't even care if it's like a 6 out of 10. I'm like, it's, but it's Cthulhu-ish. Like... Right. So obviously it just gets like two extra points no matter what for me. Now if it's terrible, if it's like a three out of ten, yeah, and you add my two extra points, right, because it's Cthulhu, so like a five, probably not going to do it. I, I do check first, yeah. But anything above like average or above, I'm going to buy. There were periods in my life when anything that was like mech related, like, okay. like mech games, like Mech Warrior or whatever, I was really into that. Not so much anymore. Okay, but there was a time when that when that topic came up. If it was a mech game, I wanted to check it out. Um, I can't think of anything nowadays though that really. I I I've been a lot more frugal with my money, so like I want to make sure it's not an automatic buy yeah. for me. You know what I mean? Most games are not, except for again, like you said, if it's a tried and true franchise or developer. Correct. Yep. A way forward, or you know, um, like you were saying, Far Cry. Yep. Yeah, it's funny you say mech. So for me, and this is just personal preference, I mech would be the exact opposite to me. Okay, that's like, fair. Because for a while there, everything was mech something. It was oh, it's a mech game. <laughs> sure. And I could I could think of no topic or theme <laughs> that was less uh-huh. um, engaging or personal than yeah. Oh, it's a bunch of metal. Sure. It's just your big chunk of metal. Yeah. Like that sounds like the most un you know inclusive. I don't know. To me, it just isn't. Yeah. It's not. In, but. For you, it was. My, my relaxing games are shmups these days. So, like, like I, I know because they're pretty intense. That's kind of funny to say that. But so anytime you say shmup or, like, it's a shoot 'em up of any kind, like a 2D one. Sh- oh, yeah, yeah. It, you have my attention. It's not an automatic buy, but you have my attention. Well, what was the last shmup we played together? Do you remember? Man, what was it? Um, it was from East Asia, Sh- Asia Soft. Yeah, what was the and name? And I bought that? it on the Switch. I don't remember the name of it. And it was a Cthulhu-based shmup. Was it? I'm like, shmup, Cthulhu, yep, buying it. What was the name of it? And I never played it since because it was awful. Was it? What was the name of it? It was like Starship X or something like that. That's right. I think. No, you're right. Yeah. I do remember that, but like, yeah, I I can't say that was great. But you will have my attention. doesn't mean I'm going to buy it, but I I will check it out for sure. Absolutely. So you have our uh, next quick question here. Let me just scroll on down. You do. 
Because I was the first one, therefore you were the second so one. So this is Tim's, though. Uh, I don't have a second one, yeah. Oh, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. But I'll read Tim's. Um, yeah, but know what we should talk about before we talk about Tim? <laughs> I would love to talk about RetroRewind.ca. RetroRewind.ca? What if you did like a forward slash pixel guide in? Then you would get a discount if you put in the discount code PG10. Discount on what, Eric? What can I buy at this RetroRewind.ca? If you have anything Commodore related, anything. So we're talking... Commodore 64s, plus 4s, Commodore 128s, Commodore Amigas. That's a lot of Commodores. Um, you need to go to Retro Rewind, and it needs to be your source to buy what you need. All right. So there's a couple of things. We've talked about yeah. this, obviously, being our uh, our sponsor for the show. It is. And yeah. we are very, very thankful for our, our sponsor. Yep. And we are thankful that it is a worthwhile sponsor that creates really cool stuff or sells very cool stuff yeah. that relates to our hobby. There's a few little things that are, that are I'm gonna, they are adders. Uh, yes. But they are so cool that it is worth buying other items mm-hmm. from this store. Because, for example, you can buy a Kung Fu Flash in multiple places. That's right. You can buy a Commodore 64 diagnostic cart in multiple places. They look really slick when they are made by RetroRewind.ca. Yeah. But while you're doing that, you can also pick up such cool things as... Have you seen these? The you, resistor it's, tool. It's a resistor tool. Yeah. Now, it has, it's a little piece of uh, 3D printed plastic. Yeah. But it's done in a way where if you, like myself and yourself, like to repair things, mm-hmm. and um, you have to you know, take a resistor and bend the legs in just the right shape to put it into your board, yeah. and you're always messing with it, and they're too high or too low or too wide, and you have to rebend them, mm-hmm. it, you lay your resistor in here, and you bend the legs over the little notches that are provided, and it bends a perfect 90-degree bend at the exact right length for your resistor to go in your board. Right. For six bucks, throw that on your list. Yeah. Very cool. They also make, and I'm not seeing it right here, I'm trying to pull it up, a uh, a um, chip pin straightener. <laughs> yeah. How, uh, how much, how useful would that be? How, I mean, how many times have you tried to pull a chip out of, its, out of its socket? And as you do that, it bends and tweaks the legs just a little bit. And sometimes even a little more than a little bit. And, <laughs> and most of the time, while it's doing that, it also goes directly through my flesh yeah. and, and creates these little red dots all along my hand and it hurts yep. like the Dickens, Eric. <laughs> it hurts like the Dickens. Like the Dickens. Yeah. Well, he does sell a very cool tool. It is also 3D printed, although there are some cool little like uh, springs and bolts through here. Yeah. For $8 right now, uh, the dip chip straightener. So you put your, uh, your chip in there. You squeeze the sides of this thing, and they all are perfectly straight and 90 degrees again before you solder them back into your board. That's handy. Or before you sell them on eBay because you're you're yeah. an awful person and you're partying out a Commodore 64. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. Frank don't care. He just wants to sell you a chip straightener. Exactly. Um, and, and that resistor, that resistor one, yeah, yeah. you could use that for other things, right? As long as it fits in there, I would assume so. Yeah, capacitors okay. and things, maybe. Because I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, because he did my recapping on my CD32. Yeah. And I didn't tell him this beforehand, but I, I think I told you, though. I opened it up, and I started changing capacitors, but then when I noticed that some of them were surface-mounted and some of them were really close together, I, like, abandoned ship, and I put it back together. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Frank this. Abandoned ship! Don't tell Frank this at Retro Rewind, but, like, one of them, I, like, screwed the legs up so badly and tried to put them through the holes <laughs> that it was all... It worked, but it was so ugly and messed up. <laughs> I was embarrassed by it. 
But I'm wondering if that would help me out. That'll never happen again. If you buy your resistor tool exactly. at retrorewind.ca, Eric. Excellent. And you know what's even better than these great prices for these great products? What's that? Saving 10% by using the code PG10. And if you don't know, PG stands for Pixel Guiding. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> yeah. And you get 10% off your order. Yeah, 10%. That's a lot. That is a lot. So <laughs> head on down to retrorewind.ca forward slash Pixel Guiding. Excellent. All right, we got one more quick question for y'all. This one is from Tim, and what is it, Tim? All right. Tim's not here right now, so I'm going to read it for him. Given the slow release of most Kickstarters these days, do you think backing these projects will stop not only for yourself, but for others as sour tastes get left in collective mouths? Ooh, he's getting fancy. Especially now the reality of global chip shortages kicks in, giving even more delays like that we have seen with the Intellivision and the ZX Spectrum next. Quick well, caveat. With the Amico. With the Amico. 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 <laughs> quick, quick caveat. The yeah. Spectrum next was a Kickstarter. It was, yeah. The Intellivision was not. That's right. That's true. Which is something I really liked about the Intellivision. Yep. But we did put um, a deposit down. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Correct. That aside. Yeah. My answer, Tim, mm-hmm. is um, that is actually what put me off from the get-go. Yeah. Um, and now when I say put me off, I don't fault anybody, but the original concept of Kickstarter is uh, to show support and help somebody create something. Yeah. And then get and a reward. Well, if, that's become kind of later, the reward thing. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's always been under the guise of it's a reward, so you may not get the reward if it doesn't succeed, and they've always kind of framed it with, the, with with that so that you wouldn't get so upset when your Kickstarter fails. Um, I'm pretty sure Kickstarter started off kind of the way OnlyFans started off, which was like, <laughs> right. we want to create this platform for everybody to be able to make money doing their thing. Doing and make whatever the, it is. And it, OnlyFans became what it is today, which is a very specific niche. Yeah, sure. And Kickstarter became, we're not just about funding projects now, we're about pre, its pre-orders. For things that don't exist. I agree. That's what it's morphed into. That's yeah. kind of what, you yeah. know. <clears throat> but that's kind of always been my thing is because I never personally assumed that these would be made in time or whatever. And I'd always prefer the model of, all right, put your money where your mouth is. And when it's available, I'll buy it. Okay. So I've only done three Kickstarters ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, luckily at this point, I've gotten all three, but I don't have any in the works. And I don't, we usually want to hear Kickstarter. It's kind of a the fourth, turn off. The turn off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I've done a lot of Kickstarters in, in, over the years, and I will say that most of them have succeeded, and I've gotten what I've wanted. Now, some haven't, and they're still ongoing, but I do get news on them. But Tim is right. As the chip shortages happen and this and that, a lot more of my Kickstarters are just saying, hey, we don't know when this is going to be ready. We don't know when this is going to be done. And some of them aren't even, at least in my mind, aren't really even related to chip shortages. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. They're just bad management. I mean, you you can't take an average Joe on the street and he's trying to, he's trying to create this plan to make something and then he fails doing it because he's not a project manager. He's just some dude that makes something. Yeah. But he's now got to scale it up to 2,000 units or 4,000 units or whatever. It... I, I, I'm not buying that's all based on the chip shortages, but it, it given, I mean, going back to Tim's question, yeah, I'm not doing many Kickstarters anymore at all. So 
I, but as for people doing them, I don't know. They seem more popular than ever to me. But for me personally, they're not. But what I've noticed, I think the complexion of what you see out there is different. Yeah. So I think there's less of, again, that original intent, like trying to get small people with an idea to yeah. be able to finish the thing. Right. And it's more becoming a way for companies to actually do pre-orders. Yep. Especially with, like, board games. Yeah. There's major board game companies that kickstart everything. They kickstart it because they, they're trying to get a feel. Hey, do people like this? I want to see if I can get some money uh, up front. Yes, and I think they're trying to get... They're like, this is a great way to pre-sell everything and make exactly that amount. And that way there's no risk to us. That's true. Which can't I, fault Which them. I get. That's not a bad tool. But I hate it. Like, yeah. I, And I... So, anyways, more and more because of that, I'm... I want to buy something that's on the shelf or, yeah. like, well, ship today. That's what makes that Mr. Thing that uh, RMC is doing. Yes. Uh, no Kickstarter, nothing. Hey, we're going to make it and we're going to sell it. Yep. That, and I love that. And he's already actually done the part where, hey, well, it's kind of lucky because they make them right down below him. Yeah. In um, the same building. But he's like, if we needed to make thousands, we can. It's awesome. Yeah. It, and it's a cool project. So check that out if you can. So, if you want to find show information, you're going to go to pixelguiden.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can reach me, Eric Nelson, at the project, D-U-H project. You can reach the show at at pixel underscore guiden. You can reach Cody at at oddball, which is O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim at sanction, at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast catcher that you use. That would be really helpful for us. And if you want to email us, you can email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we do encourage feedback. We also have a Patreon account set up. So if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. I have to apologize this time as I did not have time to put together a fun little Patreon song. But the random adjective generator is working, so let's put on some goofy music. There we go. And introduce you to our Patreons. Up first, we have the bloody Henrik Lolfel. The limping Dustin Newell. The expensive Matthew Ackerman. The obsequious Daniel James. That's a toughie. The scarce Josh Malone. The rapid Eric Sandgren. The curly David Vincent. The important 10-minute Amigo Retrocast. The illustrious Roy Fielding. The ripe Mr. Toast. The nappy Monche Sosnowski. The violent Paradroid. The finicky Ramoke Ramoke. The defiant Ant Stiller. The groovy Mitsuyama. The tough Hermski. The elite Citizen. 
The Wistful Gary Heather. The Loutish Brian Arsenault. And last, but surely not least, the Ultra Paul Jacobson. Patreon subscribers are the lifeblood of our podcast. They, they help us out every day. They give us the beer. They give us the beer, and we appreciate it. Especially our newest one? Our newest one, Jason Holland. He didn't make it into your segment, but he makes it into our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and what's cool is that... Uh, oh, you're so I'm looking for a button. There's got, I'm just going <laughs> to... He was our first breaking news in the last episode. Like We got the notification that he... <laughs> subscribed while we were doing the podcast like it popped up on my watch i'm like what meet new patreon subscriber jason holland so thank you jason well done sir well done giving us your cash exactly now we appreciate it thank you so much we do hello everyone i am so excited uh, although there's going to be a lot of craziness moving to a new house, there's one thing that I get to do with the new house that uh, is kind of a dream of mine. And I think many people um, uh, that probably listen to this show would love to do something similar or have. And it's my turn. So my little 10 by 12 foot uh, office, which over time grew into a game room, just packed wall to wall with shelves and video games. Uh, is going to be much, much, much larger in the next house. Um, I'm very excited about this, and I'm trying to plan out exactly what I want to do. And it's it's like having a blank canvas, and I don't know what to do and how to help, how to how to control myself, I suppose. So, as many people have heard on the show, and I think many of home home uh, can relate to, I have so many systems and things that I love I want to display them all I want to have them easily accessible I don't want to have uh, three or four out and the rest of them have to be shoved into boxes um, I stopped collecting things or slowed down because there's just literally no room to put them um, I have wanted pinball machines I had to sell all my pinball machines um, I've been wanting arcade games and there's just room for none of these things in the new house the the game it, it's it's not just a game room it's basically room for lots of things i plan on doing down there um right now i have a workshop in the in the garage and i'm going to be putting it in there as well so that i can do soldering things like that uh i currently have the our guest room which my wife uses for she sells makeup and she uses it for internet things and you know um what do you call it webcasts and things uh, how old school am I? I called it a webcast. Anyways, that has all of my music equipment in the in the closet. So at this new place, I'll be able to have all the music equipment, drums, bass, amps, PA, permanently set up. So whenever I want to hop in there and jam and have people over, we can just go for it. It's going to be awesome. I kind of want to do this. I'm thinking of like doing this old school 70s theme in the room with lava lamps and you know, a little uh, conversation pit as they have it, and just weird egg-shaped chairs and stuff. I really want to go to thrift stores and find kind of old, unloved furniture that is just quirky enough to hop right in this room. And it's beautiful because it's not really connected to the main house. Therefore, it's kind of my own little wonderland. I'm so excited. But how do I 
deal with my collection? What do I do with this bank site? And uh, hopefully you guys can send me some ideas as well from um, from home there using our, our email or on the Discord server. Um, I'm not looking to spend money per se, uh, or at least not a ton of it, but I want to be able to, like I said, kind of spread my legs there. So let me just kind of run through some of the ideas I'm thinking of because I'm excited. Uh, as you guys have probably heard on the show, uh, my main TV has a rotating monitor, which uh, Tim and Eric did as well, and I want that to be front and center. I want to uh, you know, have couches around there and around this main TV, which would be my main HDMI solution. Um, and that will have you know, an HDMI switcher, I believe. Uh, maybe I'll get a bigger one. Maybe I'll have five or six HDMI potential switches so I can have everything plugged in and just press a button to switch between them. Um, I want to have some old ratty couches and uh, junky, uh, like solid, one of those big solid wood uh, oak, you know, cheap for $5 or free because nobody else wants it um, that you can put in the middle and spill drinks on and, and pizza and whatever and nobody cares. Um, I was thinking above the TV that I have this projector. Now, this projector is, you know, one of these old school, you know, it was probably cool in the two, early 2000s, but, uh, you know, it's a standard 480 by, or whatever, so, you know, it's standard NTSC, low resolution, and it has to be all dark in there for it to work, but you can blow a gigantic screen onto a blank wall, so maybe I'm going to put up um, a, a flat portion on the wall or or something so I can have a backdrop um, and put you know, play four-player uh, NES games or, um, you know, Dreamcast, GameCube, all those great classic systems that can put a, a standard resolution image up on the screen. And I just think that would be a blast. I'm also considering um, how to display my consoles. Right now I have, again, just kind of stuff everywhere here. And typically I like to put a console in one of these pieces of furniture and I have a little shoebox in the back with all the accessories that go in it. So when I need to pull it out. I can do that um, and easily have everything ready. So I was thinking, you know, you've seen these these IKEA, and they're kind of, you know, again, I'm, I'm not trying to do anything mind-blowing here. I just want to display this stuff so I can see it and access it, and uh, friends who care about it can come over and grab it quickly. Uh, but you've seen these IKEA furniture uh, shelves that have these little cubicle boxes. I do have one down here below me. It has eight boxes, but they make them like up to like 24 boxes big. What if I got like a couple of those? And uh, had just all the systems ready to go and on display. Uh, again, I've got room for it now. How how cool is that? And those IKEA shelves are pretty inexpensive. Um, I wonder what you guys think about the idea of you know you've seen them online and stuff, and people will do these crazy lights with those with those shelves and illuminate everything. You know, blue and red and all these crazy colors. I I don't need anything that crazy, but it would be cool to just flip a switch and have every cube light up with like a small, simple, uh, neutral colored LED, just so the whole thing's illuminated. Um, what else can we do in in this room? Uh, th- how about the fact that right now I have uh, an NTSC monitor that I use? It's PAL and NTSC, and it auto detects. That's my main monitor for most of my retro gaming. Um, but and I can have that all set up, but I could also have I have you know four or five other CRTs. Maybe I can find myself a long um, desktop or something like that, and I can have three or four systems ready to go at a time. That way, when I'm playing stuff, I don't have to keep 
putting everything away just every time I want to play one other system, I can leave two or three out at a time. Uh, I'm hoping to get my Commodore monitors all back up and working. I, I always have my Commodore 64 plugged in and ready to go, but uh, maybe I can have it actually plugged in ready on a quality Commodore monitor rather than my NTSC monitor here, and uh, I can get my Amiga A1200 permanently set up and ready finally, so it's just ready to go. Um, not to mention there's you know, my Vectrix, which can always... It doesn't take up a lot of foot space, the, the Vectrix, is uh is pretty small when you think about the footprint itself so that could always be out and ready to go and and on display um i do have an arcade one up cabinet which i have modified to be a main machine using a raspberry pi 3 i believe if i remember correctly uh that will be on display but no it could go right next to that now uh not only would i love to get a real pinball machine again but i can get one of the uh, I've been wanting to try a uh, a virtual pin where I would have every pin um, in video form in a, you know a little video pinball uh, machine. How cool would that be? Um, I'm just spouting off ideas here. You know, other systems that are hard to to hook up and leave out. Maybe I would have room for them, like uh, my Macintoshes, which have not seen the light of day in in far too long. Um, I can have a shelf where I display all my handhelds. And you know what else I'm going to need in this room? And now that I think about it, is I'm going to need to make sure there is power everywhere. I'm trying to do power strips uh, behind each desk so there's easy power available. I'll probably want a power strip or a, a plug like right in the middle of the ceiling. So if I wanted to put the projector up there, I could and just have it plugged in. It would also be nice to have that power there so I could plug in a shop vac or or a um, a compressor because. In this tiny little 12 by 10 room, I get so much dust, I am constantly, um, well, I should say I should be constantly dusting, and I'm not. You know, you can see white dust on most things in here, you know. It's clean in the very easy-to-get areas, and then every corner has a has a, a little pile of dust bunnies. Um, it would be nice to find a way to do that. Um, I've also got machines in here that, that uh, well, like my Fairchild Channel F that just doesn't work. Um, I did some surgery on it, and I could prove that it physically, uh, the, the, the game computer, if you will, is working, but the video output doesn't work, because uh, I was able to get some signal out of it, but it's really just not, not usable. Um, and to be honest with you, I love the fact that I got that thing for, for dirt cheap, and it is rare, and it's cool looking. Uh, I really wouldn't play it much. So the fact that it doesn't work isn't a huge issue, but I do want it on display, you know, with the really cool controllers, the little sticks with the joysticks on top, the bright yellow cartridges, um, things like that. Do I take the time to display the games themselves? Um, you know, we've gotten rid of a lot of my games. Most of my my gaming is done on, on flashcards now. And I'm not sure what I want to do with that. I've got, you know, if I look at my collection here, it's mostly CD-based games at this point. PlayStation 2 and uh, Wii and uh, Dreamcast and PlayStation, Saturn. I've got a handful of NES games. I've got a handful of Genesis games and Intellivision games. Actually, you know what I could do? I'm just brainstorming live to tape here. <clears throat> I, at one point, I wanted to do this, and I could potentially do this now. I could use some larger shelves for some of my favorite systems, like the NES, and actually have them displayed um, 
along with the handful of games that I have and like accessories laid out so they are presentable and they look good. They're not just a bunch of boxes lined up and that's it. That could be kind of cool. Um, also, my Famicom with all the pretty different colored games there. So many things, guys. Uh, I'm very excited about this. I'm also going to have my laser disc and my and my um, uh, <clears throat> video disc players ready to go with the classic wood grain. And uh, oh, I need to buy a bunch of PC speakers so I, each one of these TVs will have a decent speaker set up. <sighs> I am excited, and I just wanted to spout and throw my brain out there for you guys. I would love to hear any other ideas. Again, the lower cost, the better, but space is not the issue anymore. So I am very excited. Hope you guys are excited for me, and you can think of some exciting ideas, and I'd love to hear your feedback. Have a good one. So now I think it's time for us to play Drink the Beer. My favorite part of the show. Yeah, as you often say. <laughs> I, like, I like the research for the show myself, but Drink the Beer is right up there. This is yours, so I'm going to let you uh, introduce it. All right, I'll introduce this beer. Um I realized that I don't think this entire year I forced you to drink a sour with me, so I bought a sour. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I like the art. I like the color of the of the can. It's a least. pretty can. It's a yeah. dogfish head. Okay. Sea quench ale. Session sour. Session sour. These are typically very light. Okay. Um, to the point where they almost. You know, have you had a Bud Light lime? I have. I, I assume this is going to taste very similar to like a Bud Light lime. Okay. But with more with a bit of a sour. You know, Bud Light lime's not sour. It's just kind of... Yeah. All right, so we're pouring. This time we're not pouring hard down the center. No. I still oh. got quite a head on mine. It's yeah, very mine frothy. Did, mine did too. Yeah. So, wow, I mean, it's not... That. I don't think that was us. I think that's the beer. Yeah. <laughs> yours is like... That's insane. Yours is like 80-20, <laughs> 80 head, 20 beer. Mine's more the opposite, but still a lot. Whatever, I'm just going to pour this in here. Yep. My goodness, it's still growing. All right, well, cheers. Cheers. I'll, t- I'll take the first sip here. Yeah, I'll, I'll sit here and watch my uh, foamy beer slowly become liquid again. Wow, that is uh, quite the, the drab. Soury, yeah. soury, it is puck- soury, little puckery, which is okay because it is a sour. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I can forgive it for that. Um, better looking can or better tasting beer? <laughs> the, the, yeah, it's about equal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's refreshing. Okay. Like, like so, you, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. Some sours you get, they're trying to compete to be the the most sour thing that you've those. ever had in your mind. In your I mind. love those. I don't. I think it's like it's like IPAs. I want to be the hoppiest thing in the world. It was like exactly, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> so, like some IPAs are just trying to be hoppy for hoppy's sake, and some sours yeah. are trying to be sour for sour sake. This one is a sour that is just trying to be a good flavor, easy like drinking good, sour. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't even mind if they're really super sour as long as they have good flavor to them. Hmm. What do you think? Of- it's less Bud Light lime than I thought, although it's still got that profile. But it's, it does got have it has more kick than I thought, more sour kick, which I like. Yeah. The one thing about sour beers, yeah, the smell of the nose is awful. You think so? I don't think they ever smell good. They smell I, like I, they smell like like dust. They smell like fermented dust. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That is a dusty beer. That is a dusty I beer. I like myself a good dusty <clears throat> ale. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying this one. It's refreshing, and, it, and it's still like 100 degrees around here. So, I mean, we're, we're not, you know, we're not, it's not bad to have a refreshing. I, for, I forgot to mention that. I want I, to mention that. I wanted to get a last summer beer here, last hurrah. Yeah. Because we were recording on the 7th here of September. Right. Is it technically summer still? It hasn't become a fall yet. It hasn't become, it hasn't, there was a week where it felt kind of fall and i went out and rushed out and bought a bunch of oktoberfest beers because i i'm really big into fall um but you're by the right way, by the way felt like fall means it dropped to like 85 exactly it's back to 102 today <laughs> it is yep but the mornings were cooler the mornings were yes, much cooler and everything off. and it's hard you go out nowadays because of california fires you go out and it smells like a campfire it's outside been, all yeah, the time it's been so smoky for three weeks solid. um but no, I'd say it's still summer. I mean, I don't go summer by the calendar. I go summer by how it feels. And it's a hundred. It was a hundred and two today. So it says dogfish. Yes. Uh, we're going to rate this. Okay. On an appropriate scale. When you were in junior high. Yeah. In science class, mm-hmm. did you dissect a dogfish, otherwise known as a uh, what kind of shark is it? It's a. We didn't. The dog shark. It's a, it's a small shark. I never did a fish. No, nope. I did a frog. I did an earthworm, and I, we did a pig in the advanced Ooh, science class. Okay, so we did the the frog, the earthworm, and the dogfish, which is a, yeah. again, a, a okay. small shark. Yeah. Anyways, out of exactly twenty seven dogfish entrails, <laughs> oh. how many do you give this one? Twenty six. Out of twenty seven. Did you say 27? It's a 27. Oh, I thought you said 26. Um, out of oh, 27. I thought you were giving it 26 out of <laughs> no. 27. I'm like, you really like it. I do like it. I do like it's it kind of a lot. It looks like the water that comes out of the, uh, the dogfish. <laughs> 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 that, that, that fluid, that, uh, what's the stuff they put in cigarettes? Formaldehyde? Formaldehyde. There you go. Mm, dogfish yeah, exactly. formaldehyde. I'm going to give this uh, uh, 20, you said 27, 26? It's a twenty-seven. Said twenty-seven. I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it twenty. I was going to say twenty. Yeah, I'm going to give it twenty. Well done. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I like the cut of your jib. <sighs> well, if that's what you feel about it, I like these mugs too. They're fun. The Italian, um, Italia. Yeah, Italian beer mugs, apparently. I don't know how authentic they are, but they're supposed to be. It says 50 CL on it. That's the measurement, so I don't know what that is. What is a CL? It's a... That's not even a CM. It's a... Holy <laughs> Okay. It's 50 CLs. And we lost another 3% of our audience. We're going to see those numbers drop. Awesome. I think it is time for us to catch up. But before we do that, Eric... Yeah. We need to get somebody on the line. Let's get them on the horn, as they say. So let me just pull out my uh, UK telephone here. Except the bat phone. The Tim phone. And we are back with Tim coughing in the microphone. Tim, how are you doing? Get, hello, everyone. Yes. Cough, cough. You don't, Welcome, everyone. <laughs> you don't have a touch of the vid. <laughs> <laughs> what's that my daughter actually has been out of school for 10 days because she coughed once in class and and got kicked out and we can't find a place to get a, the proper test to get her back in so Ouch. yeah she's fine there's absolutely that's horrible <laughs> i don't know crazy times no one to blame except for the situation it is what it Indeed. is um tim yes gentlemen Anything uh, in, fun and, and new? Obviously, we're going to catch up, but anything that uh, going on over there? 
I feel like we only get to it's talk hot. once a month, you know? It's hot for a change here in September. <laughs> yeah. You mean Septandy? Septandy? Septandy. <laughs> we don't we don't have you hooked up with a Tandy yet. No, this is true. You have this no Tandies? I yeah. have no not a single Tandy. Tandy is very American. Radio Shack. Yeah, oh. that's a very American thing. They but the Dragon thirty two is as close as you got, and that's kind of a uh uh, no, we had the we had the TRS eighties over did here you? officially. Yeah, oh, yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, available okay. through Tandy stores. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen a few for sale, but um, not something that's really, really high on my priority at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you got the TI ninety nine first. So yes, cool. All right, gentlemen. Um, we I finished my beer, Eric. I'll finish mine. Here we go. Ready? Finish your beer. We're going to jump into a game show. Um, so the thing is, the listeners just saw, like, literally just heard us open a beer. Yeah, and now I'm finishing. And now we're finishing the beer, and we're about to have another beer first, or should we? Let's do a game show first, and then okay. we'll have beer. Otherwise, we're just going to be monotonous and boring. Sounds Gentlemen, good. I have prepared for, for you a game show. I'm ready. Do you have pen and paper? I would encourage our listeners to play along. Tim has made it very apparent that he's ready. Um, this, this game show is 66% video game related and 33% not. Oh, all right. Well, 33% burger related as we normally <laughs> is. <laughs> or, or 33% time related. Um, gentlemen, I don't know what to call it, but it's definitely a game show. Here we go. Is the volume good for you, Eric? I'm ready. Uh, yeah, the volume's fine. Okay. Eric's going to fight through the volume here on the recording here. Gentlemen. Yep. I have for you 10 questions of increasing and decreasing and then increasing and then decreasing again value because I have them in no order whatsoever. I'm going to see questions. 10 juicy questions. Uh, After 10 questions, the viewers will get more right than you guys will and we'll look like idiots. Ready? Yep. That's That's the way it always goes. That's that's why they listen. (laughs) That's right. So the first series of questions has to do with Sega. Sega. And the fact that they used to put multiple packs together. Bundles. Bundles, if you will. I did check and make sure that these were both in the USA and the UK. So on the Sega Saturn, question number one, they released a three pack that often came with a new system, at least later on in the system's life. That created included three of the most popular Sega Saturn games. One of those games was Daytona USA. The second game was Virtua Fighter 2. What was the last game? Mmm, thinking hard. And might I point out that both you gentlemen are wearing stunningly cool retro shirts today. Thank you. Eric's wearing his Seattle Supersonics classic vintage tee again. Yes. But Tim, that looks like a, a sporting new Moss Technology shirt. It is. And this is thanks to at Mindflare Retro on Twitter. Um, All right. produces a lovely range of t-shirts. I was going to try and bring this into catching up, but I didn't put it in the notes. But anyway, yes, well, we can talk about it a bit more there. Well, you can talk more now because Eric's still writing things down. I yeah. don't know what this, the longest Eric's game name. broken by the look. <laughs> Put put your pen in the box of broken dreams, Eric. I will. (laughs) All right, gentlemen. Sega 3-pack on the Saturn. Daytona USA, Virtual Fighter 2, and Tim, what did you get? 
Sega Rally Racing. Not a bad choice. Tim, or Eric, what did you get? I did Guardian Heroes. Gentlemen, you are both wrong. Oh. I am sorry. <laughs> Virtua Cop. The correct answer was Virtua Cop. Virtua Cop with the light gun, huh? But did it come with the gun as well? Uh, I believe that the it did. I think it was a, a system, a gun, a controller, and the three-pack. Guns! I love it! See? America. I love it, brother! Alright, we're gonna go ahead and step this one up. Alright. Uh, okay. I'm gonna go ahead and stop the music just for us, that the listeners will keep hearing it. Okay. Alright. <laughs> so we can... Because Eric Phew. talks louder and louder, yeah. and I, I can't... I, I, can, I get it. I get it. Okay. The Sega Genesis... First of all, this is not an actual question. Do you remember that the Sega Genesis had one cart with multiple games on it? How many games? Twelve? Goodness. Is that wrong? You guys have to know this. This I is like know. the most one of the most common Sega Genesis carts. I, I don't I don't it was, know. It was three, wasn't it? No, it was six. Columns. Six? It was six pack. Oh, don't give anything away. Don't don't be guessing on names. Alright, gentlemen. Alright. The Sega six pack. Which I'm now going to change my question because Timmy answered one of the answers. So I'm going to switch my question a little bit. It came with six games. Columns. <laughs> I remember that. Sonic. Golden Axe. How many of the additional three games can you name that were on that cart? So if you can name columns. three more <laughs> games besides Columns, Sonic, and Golden Axe. Now again, this came out later in the system after these games were not commercially viable individually anymore. And to this day, you can buy this cart for like 10 bucks and get six Sega Genesis games, or Mega Drive if you want to call it that. Man, I don't I don't know. I don't know any multi-carts on the Genesis. Hmm. In fact, they probably have my shelf, but don't look. Yeah, I won't look. <laughs> I'm not a cheater. It's probably sitting right up there. What would go through the three that were included? Columns? Columns, Sonic, yeah. one, yeah. and Golden Axe. But there were three more. And at this point, if you get one right, you'll beat Eric. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> go for it, Tim. So pick three games real quick. Uh, well, Eric's literally got none written down. So. Right, I can't think of anything. I don't. I, I, I'm literally drawing a blank on any Genesis games. Like I can't think of. There one. were none. I'm pretty sure there were the, there were the three, and you yeah. I already named them all. God, this is horrible. Good gracious. Okay. It's gonna give up. I don't know. Oh man! All right. So Eric's literally got zero. So Tim, give me a buzz there. I want you to name them one at a time, and I'm gonna press my yes sound or no sound as we go. Go okay, for it. So get ready on the no buzzer then. <laughs> um, Streets of Rage. Tim, you're a winner! Wow! <laughs> I should have known that. What were the other two? Let's see how many more you could have got, gotten here. Sonic 2? No. Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, I like your choices, but no. But you got Streets of Rage. You got that one. Was so. Last Battle on there? Uh, Super Hang On and Revenge of Shinobi. Oh, yes. Ha, <laughs> he remembers now. Man, Nonetheless... One to zero. One to zero. One to zero. Okay. Tim, I got I got two out of the six, so that wasn't too bad then, because technically I got columns already, didn't I? Yeah, but they're each a half point, so you're one to zero. Half point. What's another Sega system? I can't think of one. What do you... Master System! That... Thing gear. Wow. I kind of hate you both right now. I Dreamcast! Need you... I need you... Thank you, Eric! Oh, perfect, yes. 
So late in the Dreamcast's life. Okay. Um, actually, so late in the Dreamcast life that it's not even on the Dreamcast anymore. They actually released a PC game and recently released on other, um, what do you call it, 7th generation, whatever we're on, PS4, Switch. They released a Dreamcast collection of six games. Okay. Which are indicative of the Dreamcast library. Hint, hint. Mm-hmm. Three of these games are Sonic DZ, Sega Bass Fishing, Night into Dreams. What are the other three games? Da, 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 da. I always wanted to do music because right now I'm not hearing the music, but the listeners are hearing the music, but that's extra confusing, so I'm not going to do that. So I'm simply going to describe... At least I have a guess on this one. Eric is looking smug. Well, I'm not smug. Tim, I, I, don't, I, I don't know this, but... Tim keeps looking at a spiderweb in the corner of his loft. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah, a- I'm accessing the, the creative side of my brain. <laughs> it's somewhere right at the back. It's very, very small. you got to get that itch. <laughs> I have to give you guys more time because I know there's a uh, there's three games you have to think of here. And that's a lot of writing. Go, go through the three that were included again. Sonic. It actually yeah. said Sonic DZ, but it's like Sonic Adventure. Sega Bass Fishing and Night mm-hmm. into Dreams. All right, I've got my three guesses. But um, I, I don't know this comp, so I'm just guessing three Dreamcast games that might be on that. Might be a good idea. All right. Might be a good idea. All right. This time I'm going to let... Uh, okay. I'm going to let Eric three. throw out a name first, and then, Tim, you can confirm if you picked that one as well. Crazy Taxi. I confirm. I have oh, crazy all right. One, well. we, we got a, a third of a point each there. Okay. Go for another one, Eric. Jet Grind Radio. That is correct. No, I haven't got that one. Oh, that is unfortunate. What's the last one you got there, Eric? Sega Rally Championship. Oh. So, Tim, you can tie it up here. What What's your last game? I've got. I put Virtua Tennis. Base Channel or, 5. Or the Ferrari game. Or... No, or. (laughs) The correct answer would have been Space Channel 5, which means Eric got more than you did, thus collecting that point. You guys are tied at one point each. Excellent. At least I'm back in it. I'm back in it, baby! And how are our listeners doing at home? Oh, great. Well done. (laughs) Well done. That is me agreeing that they are better than you guys at this, which is typically my role when I actually answer questions, too. Hey guys, our next three questions have nothing to do with video games. Yay! I might get something. (laughs) (laughs) So I am going to screen share here. Okay. Um, Although I have no idea what just popped up on my computer. I didn't press anything. And there is a large fuzzy box. Mm. What is going on right now, Eric? I have no idea. My life is flashing before my eyes. I'm going to share my screen. Start sharing. Tim, do you see yourself? Can you even know? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to guess Doogie Hauser. No? All right, gentlemen. I have three images ready to show you. Okay. Ooh. This is a little bit of honesty system. Okay. I need you guys to write down two things. Okay. The first is the honest name of what you call this thing. Your second thing you write down is what you think the opposite person you're fighting against right now would call this thing. 
this, this is, is this is really this is really good for the listeners. No, no, no. Visual, this will this will be good. This this is basically um, the kind of American English words for these things. Okay, I, I've been studying this ever since I met Tim. I've studied. I've studied this. We talk about this a lot. So, uh, question it's number one. Question number one is this item right here. <laughs> okay. Now this, I'll, I'll describe it for the for the listeners. So write down what you guys call this. Yeah. No uh, cheating. Just what do you call this, Eric and Tim? Okay. And then write down Come what on. what Tim. What do you think Eric calls this? And Eric, what do you think Tim calls this? I got it. Oh my god. Now what this um, is is a a creature a small creature um that you would find in the garden yep uh, often when my dog poops i wake up in the morning and there's like 10 of these on that poop really yeah they they like poop i have that um and it's got multiple different sections of its body and tons of little legs but it's not a centipede or a millipede those would be much longer than this little thing that's right all right let's start with tim actually let's not do it this way Let's uh, let's go the other way around. Eric, what what do you think Tim calls this? A pill bug. Tim, do you call this a pill bug? Yes, and I don't know what Eric would call it. <laughs> I would oh, imagine so would Eric, exactly I got it. You're gonna get the point. But I'm very curious. Tim, what do you think Eric calls this? Uh, I would have said the same thing. A, a pill, pill bug. bug. I've yeah. never heard that term before. Okay. I, can, can I can I yeah? What this? do you call it, Eric? A roly poly. Roly poly. That is a roly poly, Tim. <laughs> I got it, <laughs> dude. I, I I nailed this one. Two points for Eric. Have you ever heard that, Tim? You never heard no, roly poly. Heard of a roly poly. My right, kids I call it. what you say, but my kids have called it roly poly because they roll up in their little ball. Yeah. I, but, I've always called these roly poly, but but I will say I looked it up like what this was called, and one of the names, international names for this, was called the pill bug. Pill bug, yep. So, so it's actually funny. I've looked up a map mm-hmm. of what this is called, and it's got like a million names in Europe. Yeah. Um, over here, here we call it roly poly. Some people will call it a sow bug, or, I haven't heard or that a one. pill bug. Okay. Um, apparently, it's also in the UK, often called often called wood lice, wood lice, oh, yes. or lice. or a wood louse, yeah, or yeah. like there's another one called like a it's like a bear pig or like a belly pig. Uh, there's like a million names for this I thing. That one, yeah. So I have no idea. A so drop anyways. bear? Is it a drop bear? <laughs> man bear. Ching chang. Man bear pig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next item, gentlemen. What? Oh, do you call this? And what do you think your fellow contestant would call this? All right, I, I know what I would call it. Now I am looking at a picture of a confectionery dessert. I know that. That is on a piece of paper made I'm out ready, of Cody. made out of spun sugar, which probably just ask, ask me the prob- question. Probably cost cost the restaurateur no more than two cents in material, but oh, they second, often right. charge like ten dollars for this. This. Uh, delicacy. I don't know what you call it. Looks like a fluffy cloud. Hmm. Alright, I got it. Alright, Tim. Tim, what does Eric call this? Uh, cotton candy. You are correct. That Eric, correct. what does Tim call this? He calls it a stringy lorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get that wrong? <laughs> I have no idea. Stringy what? A stringy lorry. <laughs> a stringy lorry. <laughs> Is that what it is? 
Did I get it right? I like the cutting of Gibbs. No, sorry. It's Candy Floss. It's Candy Floss. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. That was so fun. I've heard of the term Candy oh. Floss before. I just couldn't think of it. Cotton candy. Stringy and <laughs> Stringy dungarees. <sighs> all right. Oh, good gracious. So, um, all right. Well, now you're at... Um, I don't even know what the score is now. Um, <laughs> something to something. It doesn't matter. I think it's tied two to two, technically, All actually. Right. All right, one more. One more of these. Ready? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that. That yeah. that item. I got it. These are all kind of new to me, which is why I wanted to put them here, by the way. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I just don't want to make ready. Up. All right, Eric, what does Tim call this? He calls it a banky. Mm. <laughs> No, so so Tim's la- laughing because he thinks that's absurd, but that that is another American name for this. Yeah, I know. Uh, I thought it was. I thought yes. it had a UK origins. Uh, Tim, wow. that's Tim. what that's what George Washington called it. Yeah, that that is so in America. I know that's not what you wrote, Tim, because the way you laugh. So that we call it a couple things. Binky is one of them. But Tim, what do you think Eric calls this? Uh, a pacifier. Tim, you are correct, and you I win the point. Name. I'm going to guess, call- Tim. Was it, do you call it a, a dummy? Correct. All right. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until very recently, and I'm like, a dummy? A dummy. A wow. dummy. All right. Yep. All right. A binky. That's, that's, <laughs> a I, binky, yeah. You, most people call it pacifier, but almost as many people call it a binky. It is what it is. Yeah. A dummy. What does dummy it say about your be. child? It just has a dummy in his mouth. Isn't it called a dummy lorry? A, a dummy <laughs> stringy lorry. Dummy stringy lorry. All right, let's get back to video game stuff. So I think right now Tim is up three to two. If I if my math is correct, fair enough. I'll, I believe I'll, I'll accept that. <clears throat> yes and yes and yes. See, I told you I'd do better on non-video games related things. <laughs> I had I had a belly laugh, so I I think we're all winning at this point. <laughs> oh, good gracious! I don't need you guys to to, to share anymore. Okay. Now, here's some questions about my birth year, 1983. Hmm. Okay. Gentlemen. I was a full-grown man in 83. In 1983, what was the highest-grossing arcade game? I'm ready. Let me unscreen share here. Tim's writing a long one. I'm ready. All right, Eric, what what do you get? Galaga. Ooh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Tim, what did you pick? Burger time. <laughs> Correct answer. It was a burger time. That was never the highest selling. <laughs> I know, but I thought we just had to work it in there anyway. It's traditional. I was, I was surprised. The correct answer is pole position. Pole position. Well, pole yeah, position. that's a nice one. 1983 is kind of the video game crash. At least over here, it was a video game crash. So Yeah. I probably did I'm good for like like elevator action or something like that because that yep. really did well in the arcades, didn't it? All right, that might be a bit later. I'm going to cheat and give you the first answer, but I need the second answer. In 1983, the highest-selling home title was a game called Miss Pac-Man on the Atari 2600. The second highest-selling game was one of these three. Was it Donkey Kong on the ColecoVision, Pac-Man on the 2600, or Centipede on the 2600? I'm ready. All right. 
Tim, you go first on this one. What was the second highest selling home title in 1983 behind okay, Miss Pac-Man? Centipede. I'm going to say Pac-Man. Pac-Man. It was actually Donkey Kong on the ColecoVision. Really? No way. I wouldn't think anything on the ColecoVision was the highest selling exactly. anything. So I believe, <laughs> and this is me filling in the blanks, I don't know. Because uh, it was a bundle in title, wasn't it? It was a bundled in title, so every ColecoVision came with it. Okay. Which still doesn't mean that much. But I think it also is because uh, they licensed that from Nintendo and made garbage versions for every other system, making sure that the ColecoVision had the definitive version of Donkey Kong. Mm. So if you wanted a good version, you bought the ColecoVision. Okay. Um, still three to two. This question should be easy, but it was hard for me, so hopefully you guys can be better than me. Mario is known to be a plumber. However, he had a different vocation before he was a plumber. Chronologically, in video game order. What was he before he was a plumber? I saw this the other day. <laughs> Let me think about this. I, I, I smell smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I can smell... Tim's ears smoking from through the uh, the interwebs. I know the stereotypical answer. <laughs> um. I, I mean, I, I know I've heard it before. Just You're just waiting for the head. aha, I'm an idiot moment? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Alright. Eric's gonna, not going to write down anything again. I don't have anything. You're no. not even going to write... I, I, you're not going to write Lori, Lori no. Driver? <laughs> stringy, stringy Lori. Stringy Lori, stringy Lori Driver. <laughs> all right, Tim, so it's it's all on you. What do you got? Okay, I put a builder because of the cement factory yeah. and all those things. Yeah, you're very, you're, very, you're very close. So Donkey Kong, what does he grab in Donkey Kong? His nuts. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> These nuts. What just happened to our show? <laughs> Eric single-handedly ruined it again. That is, that's not a curse word. It's fine. <laughs> mm. uh, barrels. He grabbed a hammer. He, he grabbed a hammer, hammer because he's a carpenter. See, I was gonna say that. I was there gonna say. Are. I was gonna say contractor, but I, I like builder. With, with I was the Donkey Kong. What does he grab? I was thinking Donkey Kong grabs barrels. Or well, in Donkey Mario Kong grabs a hammer. Exactly. In the in the game Donkey Kong. Oh, right. Uh, on the ColecoVision, by the way. Oh, okay. Anyways. All right. So, still three to two, Tim. Eric, we need you to come back here so I can give you, you guys I a tiebreaker. I need a half point for that because I was close. You get nothing. No. Last question. Eric's chance to tie it up. Okay. What do these three consoles have in common? The Dreamcast. The Atari 400. The GameCube. I will repeat one time. What do these three consoles have in common? The Dreamcast, the Atari 400, and the GameCube. Very different to me. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Yes. I have not a clue. 
<laughs> they, they all start with the letter A, Bob. <laughs> you know? Can I buy a vowel? Yeah. I guess that's not Can true. Can I buy a brain? <laughs> all right. Dream, Dreamcast, Atari 400, and GameCube. Let's work on this. All right. Atari 400. I really want this to, to be a tiebreaker, so I'm going to give you guys a chance of answering it. So I'm going to give hints until one of you answers. All right. It is a physical attribute that they share in common. You will notice this when looking at it from the front. They all have four ports. Eric! They all have... Oh, I don't know how long the lag was to get to England, but Eric (laughs) nailed it. Which means we've got a tiebreaker. Damn it. <laughs> I was just about to say they've all got controllers on the front pool. Uh, you got there, but I had to I kinda had to lead you there. Alright. <clears throat> Eric, yeah. for the tiebreaker. Yeah. And for all the wins. Mm-hmm. In typical Cody game show fashion, yes or no question. Actually it's not a yes or no question. It's it's um I take it back. It's not a yes or no question. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's a two part question. Oh, okay. Part one. Mm-hmm. Who put the bop in the bop sha bop sha bop? And as a follow up, who put the ram in the ramalama ding dang? I know this. Um, I can picture. I can picture who it is. Uh, I'm going to say it was. Remember. Don't look it up because I actually don't even. I'm not looking it up. He's thinking really hard about this. <laughs> I don't know. Oh boy, there you go, Barry Mann. Barry apparently, Mann. wrote that song, which is the which is my answer. Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. That is just too bad. I lose. Oh, congratulations, well, Tim. Well done, Tim. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure I'll take the win, however it comes. I'm sure Tim would have known who put the ram in the ramalama ding dong. I'd just say Spice Girls. We normally answer Spice I probably would have given you that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not... Bop in the bops you up. I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be honest. Like, in my mind, I was thinking, it's a... I know it's like a teenage black kid. Oh, but it who, wasn't. The, the song? Yeah, but it was Barry Mann. Barry Mann? was a white guy. <laughs> Is that... Yeah. Back then, I'm, I'm sure he stole it from a, a, yeah. a black soul artist. That's yeah, typically yeah, yeah, what yeah. happened back then. They took all the good songs and made them popular. Um... <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on, shall we? All right, you guys. Do you guys want to catch up? Let's catch up. Catching up with Eric and Cody and Tim and Tim. It's me. It is Tim I'm on the show. Yay! <laughs> All right, where's our first uh, item here? I'm trying to catch up on my my notes. Here we Tim, go. You got the first one. Tim, Tim. I got the first one. Yes. What you been yeah, up to? So- so this month I have uh, been tinkering back with my OG Xbox. OG. Yeah, um, that's what Eric calls it too. That's what I call it. Yeah. yeah, for a video that will be up and coming in the next few days, or basically when it'll already be out when this 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 episode of the podcast is out. So thank you for watching it if you've already watched it, future people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen uh, it yet yeah. at this point, Tim. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I just uh, dug out my Xbox, uh, played a few games, uh, took some video footage off that, um, and uh, did a YouTube video. Uh, but in the process of that, I've been, I sort of like rediscovered the joys of the OG Xbox, um, and also some of the things like um, remembering what actual mod chip I had in there, which I still can't really identify because I don't want to pull the whole thing apart because obviously I was doing the video and wanted to make sure everything was still working. Um, so that was a question I wanted to ask you guys, actually. what um, Have you both got OG Xboxes that are modded? I have two of them, and one is not modded and one is, but it's a soft mod. It's a soft mod, is it? I yeah, I don't that. have I don't have a hard mod in mine. Some yeah. some I, I've got what I got one of the original mod chips, and it's got one of those like little I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's got like a uh, a little copper prong that comes out, and then you've got to kind of position that into one of the vias on the board, um, and that's like it's absolutely my microscopic little bit of wire to get that into one of into the right place. Yeah, I am. So, I am sad. I was Eric and I were literally just talking about this. That is one system that I. There's no reason I shouldn't own it yet, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I mean, mine is modded up the wazoo, so it's <laughs> got the uh, it's got the hard hardware mod, um, and um, I've got I think it's Slayer's Evo X. I think it is called. It's um the all the front end for it and all that sort of stuff it's got all the emulators on there there's a big bunch of games for various different systems on on there as well and then i um to get the games over onto it i do it through uh ftp yep uh, all that is so, the same for me but i'm pretty sure mine's not hard modded i, I have yeah. some kind of soft mod that does that but the yeah. same same deal same dashboard looks different i think it's the same one you're talking about yeah 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 it's yeah, a blast. It's I mean, it's a very versatile machine. I want to get one. Yeah. yeah. It's sad. Yeah. So I've got these little, um, again, we, I know I bring these up all the time, these little Retro Gamer magazine cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's becoming an obsession with me. These stupid little cards that came free with my magazine have cost me thousands of dollars. Yeah. Because I feel like <laughs> I need to own every system now. Yeah. And it's like literally the ones I have left, which I only have a few left, but it's bizarre. It's like CD32, okay, not okay. terribly common, pretty expensive. A Neo Geo AES, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't have that. Yeah, Mag- Mom. The, <laughs> the original Magnavox Odyssey. Okay, yeah, that's still pretty attainable. Xbox. Yeah, that one. Like, why don't I own the Xbox? Exactly. <laughs> like- I'm sure you shouldn't. You, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't get that in that box from Shop Goodwill. <laughs> I know, right? And they aren't terribly expensive, and I, no, I no. think they're fairly uh, reliable. I don't think. No, yeah, they're like 360s fail, but these don't. Solid. The only only thing you need to do is take out that super capacitor, um, which is one of one of the um, problems on it. That it tends to leak doesn't it so super you need to take that out sure you've done that on yours haven't you Co- eric i did on one of mine the other one i haven't i do, do you have I, to I, replace I to it with it. a mega capacitor you can uh, from what i understand you can clip them out and never replace them if you don't mind your clock being wrong or whatever exactly that's it yeah that is my pet peeve about my saturn and dreamcast every time i turn it on Me too. it's like what time is it yep I don't know the time. And I even modded my Dreamcast with the <laughs> little uh, battery holder, but I, I, I so infrequently change it, it, it does still does the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You may, need to make sure that you're using the right type of battery in those, don't you? Yep. I look forward to hearing that one. So, 
that's uh, me with the Xbox. Um, Eric, what yeah. have you got? So more of my Tandy. What, the Tandy 1000 is going to be a multi-month project for me because it's I'm getting a little bit at a time. It's a computer. Yeah, you, you piecemeal it. Yeah, exactly. So what I've done, though, is I did get the one megabyte card, which um, is is an ISA card. And I, you know, it's an I, regular old 8-bit ISA card. I got a CF card. It's called the XT slash IDE card. So basically, you can put a CF card in it and run it like a hard drive. And that's an 8-bit ISA card. But the problem with the Tandy 1000 is it didn't take ISA. It was electrically compatible with ISA. Yeah, just physically. But it wasn't a slot. It was like these this row of pins. So I had to order this thing, and I ordered it from Bulgaria. It was the only person who made these like adapters. And I waited, and I waited, and finally there was a guy on the, the this Tandy uh, Discord that I'm on, and he was like, oh, I'll just throw him back up in my shop. He's in Australia. And so he did, and I ordered it, and it still beat the Bulgarian one. And so I got that. I, I got that, and it's just a, it basically lets you put in two regular ISIS cards into the one connector that's on the the tandem gotcha. single slot yeah so i was able to get that in there and so I, I don't know if you guys saw my twitter account but i i actually played a couple of games like arkanoid spy hunter yeah. um, very cool i played a bunch of games i was able to transfer into my cf card and play them and it it works perfectly it works great and i am still waiting for one more part for it it's called the tandy three and one basically i can take all those things i've just bought and I can toss them or sell them, which is what I'll do. But the Tandy three and one card does everything. It has the Eric, a, sell something. Yeah, exactly. I might because I don't know when I would use these um, CF card, serial port, and a memory upgrade all in one card that'll just fit in there nice and neat instead of like this kind of weird mess that's in there now. So I'm gonna get that here probably in the next couple of months. He's he's cut, he's building a new batch of them. They only come out once every three, four years, if that. So, like, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm on. I've already paid for it, so on I'm going to get it. So, the Tandy three and one comes with what two games, and then we have to name the other. <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> but I, I've been having fun. I mean, and and this, I I haven't had a lot of time, but there's a lot of the old school games like police, like Police Quest, King's Quest. Yeah, the all original those old yeah, Sierra yeah, yeah. games. Those are all on. Those, those yeah. are all on there, and I, I haven't launched them yet, but they're all on there, ready to play. Um, I, the thing is with the Tandy, it's hard to find games that take the joystick because they have to be written for the Tandy specifically, not just IBM compatible to be, to work with the joystick. So like getting the whole joystick thing working is going to be a challenge. I guess you could, you could whack in a normal, um, sound card in there which has the yep. joystick port and then that would work wouldn't it if i use this adapter but that three and one that's coming you can only use that card right so the joys of computers yeah so it, it's a work in progress but once i get it dialed in i'm really looking forward to it 95 percent of my time trying to get a game yeah. running five percent of the time going oh i thought i liked police quest oh wait cheap desks i'm gonna shut this off now yeah and that's it <laughs> that's right hot take exactly I got a thing. Yeah. I got myself my Atari Vox Plus. I'm trying to show it to Tim there. I don't know if you can see it, but... Ooh. So that's the Atari Vox. Do you remember me talking about this? Yeah. Um, so here's the thing with the Atari Vox. And what does it say right below it, Atari Vox? Vectrex. 
Yeah, it works on the Vectrix, which is the main reason I got it, because I love my Vectrix. Yeah. So, you can imagine that thing plugging into the Atari 2600, and uh, there are you know modern homebrew games that utilize it. Okay. And essentially, it's a little sound processor that does these cool, like, robotic voice sounds. Yeah. Um, and it's got an audio port at the back. So this goes into joystick port two. Okay. And then the audio, the little, um, what do you call it, eighth inch jack goes to your speakers, computer speakers or yeah, some speakers. Yeah, it's like a yeah. mini phone jack. It just plugs into whatever. Yeah, so your TV is doing the normal video game sound from either Vectrix or the Atari uh, 2600, yep. 7800. I think it even might work on some um, uh, 8-bit games. But um, the robot sounds are coming out your speakers separately. So you have sure. speakers for the console, through the TV, and separate speakers. speakers. For the- because for the voice. Robot yeah. voice. Cool. What, what do you... If I want this to be used in my Vectrix, do you see any issues with this? Yeah, there's. Uh, well, that's what I was looking at. There is no port to plug into the joystick port on the Vectrix, right? So the Vectrix does use a standard DB9. Okay. But it is sunken it's, way down in so here. So you got to get an extension cable of some sort. Tim can't see, but I have it over here off camera. <clears throat> um, so when I got it, I tried to plug it in. I'm like, there's no way fit in there and then i had to buy i'm like all right i'll buy one of these extension cables yep cool db9 extension cable oh hold on there's still an issue eric this still doesn't work with the extension cable i had to like shave off like the plastic around my extension cable so what do people do apparently this is what they do i went on youtube and this is what people have been doing why would they design it i don't know that's just that's just dumb like it works perfectly for the 2600 yeah but there's like 10, 12 games that, for the Vectrix that that support it. Support anyways. I'm gonna plug it you in here. Thought they would have they they would have supplied a separate yeah. cable. Yep. As a, yeah. as a an additional purchase. Here's or... another. Here's another fun fact about this. And this is this is a general. I I I think it's cool. I don't not like my purchase. Mm-hmm. Um. Here's another fun fact about this. So, Eric, let me show you the. All right, you're looking at that. Yep. I'll tell you right now that I have it set up for a Vectrix. Yeah. If I was going to play plug that into my Atari 2600, it wouldn't work because I need to change the dip switch settings. How would you do that? Do you have to take it apart? You have to completely remove the entire casing. Yeah, because I don't see... With a screwdriver and, like, snap it apart, which damaged it the first time I did it. Yeah, the dip switches are are not accessible from the outside. They're absolutely inside that. Also, you have to set the volume on that thing, too. How do you do that? How do you do that? So if you look down that pole, you can kind of see that they're deep, kind of deeper in there. There is a... Yeah, if you get the light just right, Yeah, you can put a small screwdriver in there, and you can't... If it's small enough, you can actually adjust that... But everything's on the circuit board inside, so that really cool-looking class plastic housing just has to re- be removed for, like, everything. So you might as well just take it off for everything. Or get two? I don't know. Anyways, I'm going to plug it in and show you guys what it sounds like, because it's kind of cool. But, um... That's yeah. neat. It's, it's an authentic 80s piece of hardware. I mean, just just take <laughs> the bead, for example. You want to do anything with that, you got to open it up. you got to run it with the case open. <laughs> it did come with kind of some cool packaging. Yeah. A little manual. Yep. That's and cool. Then, and then it's from Atari Age. I mean, they, they sell it on the Atari Age store. Yeah. So since I was already ordering something, I bought an episode of this fanzine revival. Oh. Although I don't know nice. when the last time they released one, because I bought episode 38. Yeah. Which I believe which was actually released in like 2019. 
But it's fun. It's got black and white like reviews on Atari stuff. That's neat. Actually, there you go. There's a a review from two years ago for uh, a TurboGrafx 16 game. The Adams Family got six out of ten. That is a read right there. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that is all. You you guys did something together. Yeah, we did. We (laughs) go ahead, Tim. Why don't you say this? Yeah. So. uh, one one game that I think is probably both inspired us was Colin McRae Rally and Sega Rally last last time round, um, and uh, there was a game that we kind of like almost picked up both together, wasn't it? Which was Rush Rally Origins, yeah, um, on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so yes, I actually did some Switch gaming <laughs> for a change. I played this one. Um, I played this one quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I had uh, a, a few few goes on it. Um, I found it actually quite challenging. How did you find it? So I have, I, when I play it, I can get the bronze almost every time, like on whatever I play, but I've yet to get a gold. I, I, yeah. I can't get the gold on anything, even on the beginner track. But I do like the way the upgrades work because they're very simple. You just get these points that you can allocate towards any upgrades. That's um, it. Yeah. But I do love the graphics. I think they're. I think they look really, really cool, and the the gameplay is a lot of fun. So I haven't been bothered by the difficulty, other than I just can't really achieve a gold medal on any of the tracks. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's the problem for me is that I just want to. I just want to get further and further, even just on the very basic track. Yeah, and just shaving those extra few seconds is just so difficult. It's um, yeah. If you don't have a got, perfect you, run, like you can't get the silver. Yeah. And I've gotten the silver yeah. on a couple, on a, on a few, but I'm almost always doing the bronze. Yeah, yeah. Which, but, um, yeah, like you say, the graphics and the, the it's like a sort of like a top down, top down view, isn't it? So it's a top yeah. down racer rather than the three D, um, you know, first first person in the car view. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's really neat, and the graphics are really cool, and uh, you've got sort of like uh, uh, all the bits and pieces on the road and how it. Um, you you can completely wipe out and yeah, yeah. flip the car and <laughs> and not that I've done that very often, of course. <laughs> I've done it like maybe twice. It is yeah. hard. It, it's not that easy to flip your car, but you can, and and it it's not good for your time. That's for sure. No, definitely not good for your time. It, it, I think you'd really like it though, Cody. I mean, the, oh, I've, I've been looking at it, and I was letting you guys guinea pig it for me, but. For, oh no! It's especially a fun, for five ninety nine. I think is what it is over here. So. It's it's a, it's a lot of fun, and the the controls are very simple. I mean, you literally have like accelerate and brake, I think, and that's it. And then that's it. And then steering, yeah. you don't have like emergency brake or anything like that. You just that's it. But the physics are very drifty. They're very uh, sliding in the dirt. I guess rally really. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and again, you've got sort of like the different surface dynamics as well. So if you're on your loose stuff, it's it's a bit more slippy. And then when you get on the tarmac, you can get get a get a good lot of speed and um, get some nice air over the jumps as well. Nice. Yep. I've turned my Vectrix on. Okay. I have, I have Vector Blade open. I want to see if you can hear the voice. Let's, I don't know if it, I'm gonna have to be quiet to see if you can hear this though. Okay. Hold on, let me start the game here. Here we go. Might be very loud. I don't know. Okay. Hold on, we're, we got to shoot guys here. Collect something, ready? Fun, it's not working. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's like I, I heard... Have you got the dip switch set right? I must not have the dip switch. <laughs> have you got the volume up? 
Do you hear that? There we go. Oh, I heard I that. I heard then. that. Yeah. Hold there we go. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyways, there you go. That's neat. I mean, it is a cool voice. This particular game does this weird oi 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 thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you'll hear it say Atari Vox activated. Listen to that area. I'll do it one more time here. I'll plug it back in. Okay. Yeah. Atari Vox Plus. There we go. That sounds, it sounds really cool. You, you need to sample that. There you go. That's not a bad idea. I'm glad you could hear it through there, Tim. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it picked up on the recording here. Eric, you've been... I can hear it. Yeah. So I, I've been having a, f- a fun time with the CD32. Tim, thank Who you, doesn't? of course. Hey, you're making me want one now. <laughs> yep, and I downloaded that Amiga J collection, and I was just looking through those. Is he created this this thing of, I think it's what, eight, eight discs or seven discs? And they're all yes. alphabetically yes. organized. Um, and I remembered Worms, and Worms was one of those games that I played back in the day on a friend's Amiga and really enjoyed it, so I booted it up, and I, I spent a good two or three hours playing Worms on the CD32, and I will say I do like the mouse controls better, like, you know, on the, on an Amiga, but it's not so bad with the controller on Worms, but I, I, I hadn't played it in so long, I kind of forgot a lot about Worms, but um, I had a big just marathon, like two or three hour session, just kicking back one night playing Worms, and I have to say, I, I think my favorite Worms is the first one, the original one. I think a lot of people think that, actually. I've heard do they? that. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that, because I, I know they've added weapons and added enhancements and stuff. I think the old school first Worms is the best. Pure Worms. Pure <laughs> Worms, yeah. So that's a game that I keep th- seeing. I'm like, I would love that game, but the only way I'd love it is if <laughs> like, I was able to play couch co-op against somebody. That's like the only way. Oh, I had a blast playing against a computer. And so when I originally saw that Worms collection come out for the Evercade, yeah. I'm like, not interested, because handheld by myself, no. Okay. But now they are coming out with the Versus. Yeah, the Versus. Which and I'm like, I want Worms, and Eric and I need to sit down and I, just play that love like, all day. I would love it. I want to play, yep. play some legit Worms. Um, yep. And we have Worm, like you said, they have different versions, like 12 different versions on every system imaginable. Three, but, there's a yeah, 3D um, Worms. And- <laughs> yeah, it was Worms Armageddon. Yep. Um, that was on the PlayStation, and um, last time uh, Gary and I got together to play some games, we we did um, a PlayStation run through, and uh, we were playing Worms Armageddon, and that was that's like the first time I've actually played it, and that was really good. Yeah, nice. I enjoyed that one as well. Gary's awesome at that, so <laughs> I didn't stand a chance. <laughs> so, speaking of uh, Mega games, yeah. Um, I finally finished a Switch game that we've been talking about that's very Amiga-esque. Yeah. Uh, Super Arcade Racing. Yeah, I still need to play deeper into that one. Yep. So I, I got to the last, if you want to, it is a boss. It's a you know, one-on-one battle versus the, the final character. You know, I don't want to give the enthralling story away. It's yeah. a terrible story. Um, but I finally beat the guy. It'd take me like five or six tries and uh, putting it down over a few sessions because I got frustrated. I will say that up up until the last guy, you can win on racing alone. The last guy, it's got you. Got to play dirty. Oh, you do. You got. You got to knock him into water. You got. Otherwise, he's going to do it to you. Yeah. 
Uh, you gotta knock him into the water and try to get ahead. When he comes up behind you, you gotta find something else to knock him into. You gotta keep screwing the guy up. But you eventually won and saved your brother, right? Is it your brother? If I, I can't sa- remember. No, I don't want to give that away. It's a huge plot twist, Eric. What? And it's it's mind blowing. They kidnapped your brother. Hey, brother. I'll give you a hint though. Whatever you do, yeah, you can overcome it by racing. Yeah, everything is so, solved by racing. Everything is solved with racing. Yep. But I was excited. Oh, I stubbed my toe. Oh, let's have a race. Let's race that off. <laughs> Just rub some dirt in it, or go racing. Go racing and um, rub some dirt. Rub some <laughs> racing dirt in it. <laughs> But uh, what I was surprised and excited to see is that when I quote unquote beat the story game, the game, yeah, I unlocked more levels to play. Really, Yay. more racing, more racing, awesome. which, <laughs> which is much easier than the boss. Anyways, so I get to, I get to keep playing some more. It's nice there was a reward though. No, it, perfect. It's yeah. yeah, and I and I do want to literally collect every version of every car just just to be a completionist, sure. even though it does nothing for me in my real life or yeah. uh, anything else. I guess it kind of makes sense. You you complete a racing game and it gives you more racing levels. It's not like it's going to say, hey, well done, have a Pac-Man game. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim, speaking of playing uh, g- uh, games that I used to play on CR- yeah, games CRTs. Games that you need a screen for, yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> Segway nailed. Um yeah, we have, um, I don't know if you've heard the, the the term before, going back to our quiz show, um, we have car boot sales over here. I don't know if you've heard that term before. I have. I've heard of it. Yeah, which is kind of like, uh, I don't know, garage sales or yard sales or something like that. But yep. um, we tend to gather in fields and places like that, and uh, you drive up there, you put a table out, you put all your stuff that you've got for sale up there, and people just wander up and down. And I've noticed, stuff. I've noticed that everything you guys do, you do in fields. Yes. Like I'm gonna go sell something. Let's go to a field. I want to go. go I want to go get away from pl- the you know the world and go camping. Let's go to a field. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just let's go to the field. Let's go to hang out in grass. Well, th- this one's a little bit different. Um, it was a car boot sale that was literally uh, two minutes down the road from me. In uh, and uh, we have a massive uh, used to have a massive milk producing dairy farm great big thing that was just down the road from us and that got flattened and leveled a few years ago and then there's just like this big expanse of land that's just empty and not doing anything so someone decided to think oh this is a good location for a car boot sale so they put one just down the road from us and we went down to the first one and uh uh, Danica was just away for the weekend, staying with grandparents and all that sort of stuff. So we just decided, oh, let's just have a wander down the road, have a quick look. And the first thing we walked into was this lovely, shiny CRT screen. <laughs> and your wife looked at you and <laughs> said, TV. no, Tim, no. And I just do not need any more of these things. I really don't. Um, but it was it was just irresistible. I just couldn't walk away from it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I made, made him an offer and I got it for £10. Um, but the the good thing with this is is it was kind of like probably one of the um, later CRT screens, if you see what I mean. So this one had a DVD player built into it and a VHS recorder built into everything. So it's got the whole shooting match in one go. Um, and it's uh, it's made by Samsung. So as typical with Samsung, you turn it on and it makes the little beeps and the noises and plays a little bit of music or whatever. Um but yeah, this it's got the SCART socket on the back. It's got um, composite, 
um it's you know it's, it's got everything there really and it's such a lovely sharp crisp picture as well um so for 10 pounds that was an utter bargain something i didn't really need haven't got the room for but um it's just something i just had to get hold of i saw i, I saw pictures of it when you i think you posted on twitter right yeah yeah, yeah, I would love to get the uh, one with the DVD VHS combo. And I and before CRTs kind of blew out of like, you know, blew out of blew up in popularity. I I remember seeing those at like Goodwill and they were like about 10, 20 bucks. And like yeah. I, and, and yeah. no one wanted them. They would just sit there nope. forever. Now you can't they're they're much much harder to find. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I must admit, I kind of got this one with in the back of my mind. Well, if I get it really cheap, I can probably always just move it on if you see what I mean. So, yeah, I'm probably going to do that because it, I've I've got one too many CRT screens now, but it's 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 quite tempting to keep. But I've got um, a really nice Sony one downstairs as well. So I, I can't justify keeping this one as well. So I think it will have to go. But it's nice just to have another screen downstairs where I can just take some stuff down, just set it up quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alongside my, um, my Philips discoverer, you know, the one that looks like the spaceman's helmet that's downstairs as well. So <laughs> right. It's turning into a, a CRT fest downstairs at the moment. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, many, it's a good. How many have you got? Cause you've got, you've got the big one in your games room. You've got the PVM. Yep, I've got the PVM, the one the games room. I got a, a Commodore ten eighty four like monitor. I don't know if we're counting those two. But those yeah. are CRTs, so we'll count that, yeah. I guess. Yeah, so right. I have three in my game room, and the the big mm -hmm. one you said the big one was a it's a Toshiba with uh, stereo speakers built in. It's like a, it's that's actually the mo same exact model I had in my first apartment. <laughs> oh yeah, it's cool. not the, I remember that. It's not the same one, but it's the same model. Yeah, um, yeah I remember you saying about that. And then I did pick up two more from a guy at work who was just like, I, I'm throwing these out. Do you want them? And I took them. It's like one is a big sharp, like sharp electronics. Like it's, it's a big one. It's way bigger than the, the Toshiba that I have. It's in my garage. And then I have one that's literally has wood paneling on it. And it, Oh, nice. It only has RF in like it. it oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have any composite. It doesn't have component, yeah. nothing like that. It's just, RFN. And man, I kind of wanted to keep it because it's so old school, but I got to get uh, these things take up way too much room. And they do. That's that's the problem. I yep. mean, I, I've got way too many CRT screens. <laughs> they, they, some have got to go at some stage. But the problem is, is the price on those things are just appreciating all the time at the moment. Yep. You know, it's, especially anything with a Sony badge on it, the Trinitron screens. They, yeah. you know, they you can't you can't move for one of those for sort of like you know, 60, 80 pounds over here is the, the cheapest you can get one of those for now. Still talking about CRTs? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. to go to the restroom and you guys haven't changed topics. Okay. No, we can, <laughs> we can talk about CRTs for ages. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. My We're in the middle of moving and my wife was like talking about things. They're like, oh, great. We get a, we put all the stuff on the street and get rid of it. And all of a sudden I just knew it's the way she looked. I'm like, you know, I'm not re getting rid of all the TVs, right? She's yeah. like, you're keeping those. I'm yeah. like, those are those are worth like a fortune right now. Yeah, now absolutely. And so here's the thing, and I'm going to be talking about this. Uh, well, at this point, I will have already talked about it in Cody's corner. Yeah. At this point in the show, but moving into my new place, my game room, which right now is twelve by ten, this room right here, right, and maxed out. 
is literally going to be well i don't need to get into huge. it's going to be huge yeah. um and i'm very excited about the opportunity and i have like five 13 inch crts that are just going to be dedicated to systems like yeah. i'm excited about the potential of what i can do that's awesome the big crt that the girls have in their playroom they don't use that. That'll be going in there. That's awesome. Got like three flat screens. They're going in there. Like I'm yeah. excited to have systems set up so that like I can literally be like, I want to play this. So I just hop over there and press power. Yeah. Rather it's than just all to... hooked up all the time. Yeah. It's... That's the dream. That is the dream. That is the yep. dream. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. So Tim, this one's kind of both of us. The latest uh, Asteroids RX with classic and deluxe modes. I just wanted to kind of. Yes throw that out that that's a thing that's coming and um who's the guy who makes that i mean i know him by happy coding i think is this alias on twitter is that right now now you're asking oh i'm sorry <laughs> I, should, I didn't mean I should, to put you on the spot I there no i should know <laughs> but basically he's been giving us beta versions of yeah. asteroids and the latest one asteroids rx it has you can literally like move it between classic mode and deluxe mode and okay. deluxe mode has shields so it's like asteroids deluxe okay Yep. So you can do shields, move around, fire, and there's like those um, enemies that come down and they're like, they're all in one blob, but then they disconnect and come into like four or five different polygons and come at you, just like Asteroids Deluxe. And I've been playing that and it's awesome. So it's cool. You can switch between classic where it's hyperspace or deluxe where you have shields. And uh he has a next version coming out too, Spectrum there Next version. That's going to have like colorful borders on the outside, so it looks like an arcade machine and stuff. Nice. That's pretty much the same same game. We'll have the moon background, yep. probably. Yep. That's cool. Exactly. Yep. That is cool. He's just updated us with a new little version because um, I don't know if you saw um, on the because <clears throat> we've got like a little um, uh, Twitter chat going, haven't we? Yeah, a little thread. And, um, one of the things I noticed with the uh, the deluxe version is he's generated a new uh, little enemy, which is called, was it a hexagonal shape? I think it starts yeah. out as. Yep. Um, and then it splits up into lots of little um, enemies, and they just literally just home in onto your ship. One thing I found with it, which was a it, again probably just my weak gaming, I don't know, um, but when they're sort of like coming into you and home homing into you when they get right close to you the the thrust the initial sort of like thrust away on the ship seems to be that little bit too slow for you to actually get away from them if you see what i mean it doesn't seem quite a fair fight because they're coming in quite quick and you're sort of like right so um he's just sent another version through to test um where he's increased that initial sort of like j boost that initial getaway um i haven't had a chance because that, that's that cool in like that one two o'clock in the morning so i'm gonna have have a go on that later and says, see if that helps. that's the thing it's those little balance things that make a great sure. a game amazing or terrible and i, I crazy I, and i would overcome that by whenever that that ship that tim's talking about would would break apart and start coming at me I would just put my shields up, and then you, you can you can do that, uh, but you can't have the shields on forever, though. That's the thing. No, but it? It, what what would happen is they'd hit the shields and knock me out of the way, and that would be the space I needed to turn and start firing at them. Yeah. So yeah. like like that's the way I would. But I agree with you. I mean, the it does seem like there's some lag there of trying to jet out of the way. 
So I just kind of found a little way like that. That's yeah. my strategy with that with that particular guy. But we yeah. should mention that this is for ZX Spectrum. I don't know if I even mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a ZX Spectrum 128 only. That's yeah. It's important. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like you say, he's doing a, a next version of it as well, which unfortunately I can't test because <clears throat> I still don't have my ZX Spectrum next yet. Oh, mm, Hopefully we will soon. <laughs> All right, Cody, what you got next here? Well, I got two things here. The first one I want to talk about, I finally ordered another Evercade cartridge. Yeah. In fact, I'm holding it up right there. Okay. The truth be told, I've ordered two Evercade cartridges. Here's my biggest issue. My By far, my biggest issue with Evercade. Okay. In America, they only sell through Amazon. And I don't know how that's all working. All I know is that when I go to funstock.co.uk, they have all these in stock at the correct price. And Amazon... They're all pre-order, and then I I don't want to do a pre-order. I'm not going to deal with that. That's right. So the day before it released, I pre-ordered it. I got one of my two, and the other one's already like, oh, it's back-ordered, and it's 35 bucks now. Like, stop. I don't, uh, the, and all the other games that I haven't got yet that I want are like 35 40 bucks. I didn't know that. I, Evercade, if you're listening, please find another retailer in the United States. Please. Um... They're just they're basically being scalped. Is yeah. what they are. Um, well, you can al- you can always just order them, get them shipped to me, and then I can then throw them in the next box. And you're very polite to keep on a- offering that, and I might do that because I also want those those books from um, Bitmap. Is it what's the, uh, the Bitmap books? Right? Bitmap, yeah, the crash annuals. I want the, I want the annuals. And they don't yeah, ship to California. As, um, as long as you're not, you know, tearing your hair out for them or anything like that, then they can just come along in the next box, can't they? Yeah, it's just that would yeah, be it just nice. makes life so much easier. Anyways, I got the, I got the, um, and honestly, this isn't one I would have ever pre-ordered, except it was just available. I'm like, well, I want it. Yeah. So I got um, the Codemasters one, right? I got the Codemasters mm-hmm. Collection one. That's awesome. And I also wanted the Mega Cat Studios Collection two because I wanted all the ind- indie games. Yeah. And that's the one that's not showing up yet. And eventually, I'm gonna have to cancel it here pretty quick because by the time it ships, I won't be in this house. Um. Anyways, I'm excited on this one because it's got super skid marks. Oh, that's a, that would be fun to play on the Evercade. I want to play that on the verse. Most of these, I want to play on the verses. Yeah. Cannon um, fodder would be a fun one, although I don't know how you're going to do that without a mouse. Yeah, I'm curious about that yeah. one. Anyways, yeah. sensible soccer two-player. So that's one. The yeah. other thing is, as I was packing up my things, Eric, okay, there's I found something. I'm like, you know what? This thing is huge. Oh, it's heavy. Oh, I don't want to move it. No, it's broken. It doesn't work. Oh no! I'm gonna give it to Eric because he'll he'll appreciate say, it. I'll, I'll dump this on Eric. I'm gonna here. dump this on Eric. <laughs> so let me grab this for you here real quick. Okay. If it's heavy, I, I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> it's another CRT screen. Exactly. <laughs> let, let me stretch. He's walking out of the room. So, uh oh, Cody has left the building. Yeah. What? What? Awesome! I will definitely take that. Can you lift that up for Tim? Yeah, I can. Let me uh, try to not get Just a make sure you don't both hands. I don't want to get a hernia. <laughs> Tim, did you see what it was? Look at that. Oh, no, you can't give that to Eric. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? So what I'm looking at here is a Commodore oh, S- SX-64. Oh, that's my, that's my dream. <laughs> 
I thought about the potential of shipping it, and I'm like, no, that's never going to happen. That'll arrive no, in pieces, no, no. no doubt. This thing weighs no. a metric ton. It weighs oh, a ton. Man. The truth is, I, as neat as that thing is, it's more of a fun computer historical thing, yeah. which I know yeah. Eric would appreciate. I would never play games on it. I really yeah. only want my things to play games on. Yeah. Eric has shown interest in fixing it because it doesn't currently work. It does have the uh, uh, the cable, which is like the rare thing, apparently. It is the rare thing, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. You find these sometimes, and they just don't have the keyboard cable with them. So, no, I, I'm... Yeah, I will definitely tinker with it. So it doesn't work at all. It doesn't come on. I, I've literally plugged it in, tried to turn it on, and that doesn't do anything. That doesn't mean it wouldn't. It would take that much effort. Right. You actually hinted it once. You're like, it probably was one chip or something. Probably something simple. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or a fuser. I don't know. It could be yeah. something simple. I've, I've fixed up a couple of those in the past. They're not too bad. Yep. I mean, they've I, actually got indi- in, uh, independent plug-in boards inside rather than one big from memory. I think they've got like independent boards inside, which have got different um, chips on each board, if you see what I mean. And I think most of them are socketed anyway. Um, so I think a couple of mine just had, I think one was a PLA and one was a CPU, I think, that, and they were just relatively quick swap outs. So they're a bit fiddly to get into. And obviously you've got the CRT built into there. So you've got to be super, super careful with the voltages and stuff. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, you should you should be good to go on that. Sweet. So for our listeners who don't know, it's a it's a Commodore 64 computer in a large, heavy, luggable case that you open up, and there's a little keyboard included and a little like six inch monitor. I don't even know if it's that big. Five inch monitor. Oh yeah, so it's it's tiny, very, little. very small. Um, yeah. And they are they are worth a lot working. Yeah. Um, even not working, that's probably it's a ten, ten inch monitor, isn't it, on those ones? Because you measure across the diagonal. Oh, right? there's no way that's 10 inches. No, they Let's can't. do it, Eric. Well, <laughs> it was. I thought it was a 10 inch screen. I can either look it up or else I can give you a. a I'm going to do it the old fashioned way. Oh, yeah. Drop this on the ground. Here we go. I'm going to put this out to 7 inches. I don't think it's even that big. Yeah, let me check What's this. The so I'm going to do a diagonal here, Tim. Um, corner to corner. It's about 6. 6 inch CRT. Okay. Yeah. Just I mean, a little I mean, baby one. I mean, I What's that in centimeters? What are those? I would are say, those the bugs with all the legs? I would say it's even closer to about five, five and a half, because the CRT's deep. I, I, was measuring, I was measuring the glass. Yeah. Like on the front, because it's got a sh- kind of a protective glass shield. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the CRT itself is about five. It's about five inches, yeah. Five inch. Okay. Which in centimeters, that's about, I don't know, 650,000 centimeters? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> sounds about right. You've given me many. It's 15 Big Macs, yeah. <laughs> Many a good gaming deals over the years, so I figured well, that, I could, this is awesome. I could do nothing more. And besides, I just gave Tim a, uh, a TI-99, so I feel like I owe you one now. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that, and I will get, get to work fixing I'm giving up. away all my silver computers. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that deserves a beer. Let's drink some beers. Yeah, let's drink some beer. Beers. I'm going to go with some water. You go for some water. While Eric moves that luggable out of the way, while he lugs it away and grabs some beers, Tim, what did FedEx do? FedEx, um, yeah, they they royally screwed us over, guys. (laughs) No, (laughs) royally, wow, okay. (laughs) Well, what they didn't do was pick up your latest box. Um, so unfortunately that has not made it over to you for in time for recording, which was really annoying. Um, cause I really wanted to get that over to you guys in time. 
Well, I'll thank you in advance um, for my SX64. I'll, I could open that for you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we are missing we are missing a box, unfortunately. Um, but that will that will be coming alo- along very soon. Um, and I'm sending it to Eric because obviously I know Cody, you're not going to be in your current location for much longer. So it will be going very astute way to Eric. And I have your box all. I have all the stuff. It just needs to be packed in the box and shipped which I'm going to do this week. And so maybe by next episode, we can open these up. Cool. All right. Good stuff. I've got a beer here. So I'm, we're going to, we're going to drink it. It is by Carl, Carl Strauss from San Diego. From San Carl Strauss Diego. Brewery. And we've had an Oktoberfest. This is an Oktoberfest and we've had their red trolley. It was, it's a, it's a favorite yep. of mine. I love the red trolley. And they have beer. a great hazy called boat shoes. Yeah, they do. Yep. And so this one is their Oktoberfest op- offering, which it's getting about that time of year. So Oktoberfest beers are starting to show up. October is typically that time of year, exactly. but you know, September works. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cheers. Oktoberfest for your mouth. Cheers. Cheers. Ding. Cheers, dude. Are you going to, f- you're going, you're foregoing the oh, I'm going straight to the bottle at this time. Right, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing then. I'm going to, I'm going to. America. America. <laughs> Is that not something they do over in the... Everything's in a glass over there, right? No, no. You drink from the bottle if you want to. I just like making my own UK things up. If you're trash. <laughs> you drink out of the bottle if you're trash. Isn't that crazy how everybody in the UK also wears socks with their sandals? I'm just going to keep coming up with these. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they certainly... Well, if, if they're me, they don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially with the temperatures the way they are, they've been there. Even when they go yeah. to the work, they go to work, they go to a field. Yeah, sure. Same yeah. same play. <laughs> Field of dreams. Uh, so, what's the beer like, guys? Yeah. Does it does it taste any better coming out of the bottle or out of the glass? Let's swap. Oh, yeah. I tastes like an Oktoberfest. That's I'd, it. I'd say it's very straightforward. Do you like Oktoberfest usually? Yeah. I love Martins. I love. Uh, yep. They're very. Uh, Rich. They're rich in flavor. I think I would say it's one of those beers that's almost always good, but I've never had one that's been like, wow. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's a good, solid. I can drink that. Martin. So my wife went to the Total Wine, Total Wine store here, and they sell a lot of different beer. And she picked up three different Oktoberfests. Okay. And one was by Breckenridge Brewery, one was this Carl Strauss, and one was Firestone. They have a new, they have a brand new Oktoberfest, and it's, it's really good. But the good one, the best one, was with the Breckenridge, and I was going to bring that one, but I... You drank it. I, I didn't, and I didn't mean to. We drank it all, because my neighbor came over, and we were drinking beers, and, like, he drank them all. Well, was I don't want to blame this, him. It was, wasn't him. Was this the same neighbor that would, like, just walk over to your house, grab a beer, and then go home? <laughs> He did. He, he has done that. He has done that. He, he has done that. You've got the you've got the friends fridge of the neighborhood, haven't you? Yep. I mean, he doesn't do that routinely. He uh... Eric, Eric, do you mind if I come over and grab a beer? And you're like, yeah, I got a few hours. And he's like, no, I just want to grab a beer yeah, and, and just left. take it back over. Yeah. No, I just want to take one of your beverages and leave. But no, this is a this was a, this was a solid second. The Breckenridge run, I'll try to bring in the future. But so out of. Uh, it says 89 right on it. They were they were established in 89. Okay, so out of 89... Uh, beers on the wall? Beers on the wall, sure. Out of 89 <laughs> beers on the wall, what would you rate this? 70. 
Would you? I was. I'd give it a seventy-five. Yeah. I actually really Good. love Oktoberfest beers. So, cheers, cheers, Tim. Cheers again. Yes. What are you drinking there? Some Starbucks coffee. Coffee and water. Yeah. The usual fare. The usual fare. It was like. <laughs> so, Cody. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Tim. What have you got? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're switching up here. What I don't have is a segue. Um, I <laughs> so for the longest time, I I love the Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah, the like Disney of Japan, basically this like animation studio. And a long time ago, it's actually been like ten years now. They came out with a game, an RPG, a JRPG called Nino Kuni, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to try it, but I'm too cheap. I'm cheap, and it was like you know six fifty sixty bucks at the time. And then it dropped down to like 30, and I thought about it, and then Nino Kuni 2 came out, and so everything went back up. It finally got down to the point where I saw for sale on Switch for $9.99. Ten years later. And I'm like, alright, I'm trying it. Because it's Studio Ghibli. Yeah. They have great stories. It looks gorgeous. Um, it's got <clears throat> good reviews. Everyone was talking about its combat system, how great it was. And I put like three, four hours into it, and it was a lot of story up front. Yeah. I've heard that. And I wanted to love it, and the combat system drives me nuts. I can't get into it. It's like this, um, it's this, like, it's like everything you hate in a game, Eric. It's, it's, <laughs> imagine, it's imagine a, a JRPG, imagine a JRPG where instead of taking your time figuring out what you want to do, yeah, you start and the enemies are instantly, like, in real time attacking you. And then you have to, like, choose which character you want to use, which takes time while they're attacking you. And if you choose to do an action, that takes time while they're attacking you and can interrupt you. So you kind of have to, like, run away from people to try to, like, do magic or, like, pull out your familiar. And then it's almost like Pokemon at that point. You're telling... So literally the only thing I could think to do is just constantly just attack over and over and over again just so there's no wasted time. Yeah. Or run away constantly, hopefully getting far enough away to, like, (laughs) shoot a fireball. Yeah. I played again. I played like four hours, and it was creative and whimsical. And I, part of me wanted to keep going, but the actual gameplay was ugh. So uh, I'm disappointed. I'm very disappointed. I waited literally waited ten years to buy that game. So before I, my son kind of kicked down his PS4 to me. I I kept seeing this game and going, okay, this is a PS4 exclusive, so I want to play this. But I didn't have a PS4. And then finally, when I got a PS4, I saw that the game came out on Switch. And I was like, oh, I, I think I might. I, I, I've never played it. I've never bought it. So now I'm like. That's not going to work for you, Eric. Okay, good. It's, it's good to you. know. I'll it save a- my money. It was actually a PS3 exclusive. Oh, okay. That's what um, I. Originally. And okay. then, yeah, now it's, of course, they're on PS4. But. Anyways. I'm going to save my money then because mm-hmm. uh, I don't need another headache like that. Nino Cooney. Me no likey. <laughs> Eric, what do you likey? So uh, this is, uh, I guess, a kind of a little bit of a humble brag, but I was playing, um, I, I took my the little uh, handheld device, the RG351M, which Tim needs to buy. and um, <laughs> your, your amber dick. My amber dick. Yeah, exactly. Amber dick. My amber dick. Yes. Um, and so I was like, just kind of looking through games and blazing lasers on the, uh, turbo graphic 16 is one of those pick up and play games. Like I'll, I'll play it and I'll awesome play game. like the first two or three levels 
And then, you know, when I when I die on my first, on the on the one credit when I die, I'll just put it away and play something else or whatever. It's like a it's like a time waster. And I love it. It's a great it game. It feels good. Like have, you, have, you, have you played that one, Tim? Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's one of my go-to games. Yep. So on the PC engine. So the other day I was like, you know what? I was just playing it and I got into a groove with it. And I I yeah, I was t- even posting on Twitter, like, what, what's happening here? I just beat Area 3, and I'm still on my first credit. I still have all my lives. Like, I didn't wow. lose any of my lives. And I was like, yeah. I was having a super good run. And then I got to Area 5, and I was, like, just losing lives left and right. <clears throat> so I didn't know what was going to happen. And then finally, I, I just put my head down and just played it. And I was I was playing it on emulation, so I was playing it on that device. But I wasn't using save states. I wasn't using anything. I was just playing the game, and I got to the final boss, and I I, I beat the game. So nice, Eric. I don't a shmup. I beat a shmup and a pretty difficult one at that. I yeah. mean, I know yeah. I know Blazing Laser is the hardest shmup in the world, but nice medium shmup though. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't multi credit it. I did. I just used one credit, all the lives, and it took me all the lives. I was down to my last life on the. The last boss, which is like this woman that's throwing down like bombs with that's her hands. That's pretty darn good. But it was it was great. So I beat it. That's another game, a little notch in my belt. Well Please done. Work, Thank you. Well done. I applaud you, sir. Thank you. <clears throat> Tim Tim, I'm dying yes. to find out what this is all about. Yeah. Well, you're not going to because you're going to have to wait. Oh, that was a what? great topic. <laughs> Anyways, that's the end of catching up. <laughs> Is that the end of catching no, up? Uh, just, just the other day, I managed to um, acquire something, um, and it's going to remain a secret for now. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it, but when I got it through, there was more work than I initially bargained for with it. So um, yeah. It's it's gonna gonna take a little while this one, um, but um, yeah, I, th- I think we will will hopefully I might be able to cover it for next month. All right. Um, so cool. Yeah. I look forward um, to it. It's it's yeah. I, I can't really say any more than that at the moment. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> I, w- I want to keep it nice and nice and fresh for you guys because I, I think you'll you'll appreciate it as well. So. Well, I'll wait with bated breath. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got some. I wanted, I wanted to say a bit more, but I think no, no. Let's 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 just leave it as that for now. <laughs> well, I finally uh, got something I've been looking for for. Well, ordered something that yeah. it, that is not here, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a Tim. Uh, sorry, is that a curse word? Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna be a Tim and not tell you guys about it because I have it coming now. Anyways, it's this. Um, Hori makes it. It's a D-pad Joy-Con. And this is everything I wanted it to be here. Well, almost everything. And Tim, if you remember, I wanted a Joy-Con yeah. that has a D-pad on it for my Switch. I don't need a set of Joy-Cons. I need one Joy-Con. And look, they made one Joy-Con that goes on the side of the Switch with a D-pad on it. And it's made by mm. Hori, so it's legit. It does not have um, why the what do you call it the wireless connectivity it, or i'm sorry it, it does have why it doesn't have the the mechanical is that right so, so it doesn't have um for use in uh, rumble or f- feedback so you can't undock it you can't play it like i can't it. play ver- the vertical with the flip grip right exactly because it, it has to be 
attached to the device. Which is what I really wanted, but it got more and more I realized there's when I play portable, yeah. there's a I would say three quarters of the games I want to play in my bedroom, I can't play because the, 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 it doesn't have a D-pad. Right. I want to play like 2D platformers and things like that, and I just can't do it with those four buttons. Gotcha. So, they came out with this Hori D-pad controller. This one you're looking at here was Zelda. It's transparent, and it's got Zelda-looking stuff. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'd love to get that one. I don't know which one you guys would get. There's also a Super Mario one here. Yeah. Which is like bright red with... with bright white Super Mario stuff. A little tacky looking. This little Pikachu one here with all the um, black and yellow. Yeah. Here's another Mario one which is like a transparent see-through but now it's like 40 bucks. It's nice though. And then I think they're out now but look at this. I got a I have no interest in in Pikachu. Yeah. Or Pokemon. But just the way this thing looks it's mostly black with a few little yellow lightning bolts and Pokeballs on it. Yep. But it was uh, $5 cheaper, 20 bucks. So was that yeah. the one you got? So I've got that coming. You can see it says in stock soon. I got apparently a little, the mm-hmm. last one. but So I'm excited about that. It looks really cool. And the other reason that makes me excited is because that particular Joy-Con is the one I've had drift issues with for the last few months. Oh, nice. So <laughs> new Joy-Con with a D-pad, no drift issues. Back yeah. in business. I'm excited. That's all I, I have to say. I, I do love the D-pad that's in... Remember the one I have? The... What is it? Yeah, the, yeah, the big fat one with the big... big fat one. Yep. With the light, and it's the same deal. It won't work with the flip grip. It can't... It has to be docked. I'm sure it's the same technology inside, yeah. Yep, because it's made by Ori, too. Um, yep. And it, it's awesome. I, I, I prefer... When it's undocked, I prefer using those over the Joy-Cons. Yeah, they look comfy. It's so big. It Anyways, is big. I might get those eventually. Because yeah. they have a few different cool colors and things of those, too. I'll probably get those. Those are like 45 bucks now. Yeah. Cool. Did we miss anything? I must admit, with, with, my, with my Switch, I don't use it undocked a huge amount. But when I do, I've, and I'm probably cursing myself here, but mine are the original day one Switch Joy-Cons, and I've never experienced any drift with that. Me, too. I have my original ones. I have don't have any drift with mine, but I have to admit I don't use them that often. I bought the Pro controller out of the gate, and I love yeah. that controller. So I I try to use that whenever I can. My original Joy-Con, the left one is messed up. Yeah, uh, and it only happened about three four months ago, and then that um, Power A one I bought, yeah. which originally I loved, mm-hmm. very quickly that Joy-Con went. It, oh, when, and too. I can't play a game with it because it just my character walks wherever he goes, I don't know, <laughs> or she. Just it's on autopilot. Yep. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Um. Anything else we need to talk about before we jump into six good games? We're not doing six good games, bro. Oh, uh, Battle of the Systems. Battle of the Systems, bro. Ham. <laughs> we did this last uh, last month. I don't know what you're talking about. We got messed up. I always do this. That's part of the uh, mo now. I think it's because I'm four beers in. Yeah, that'll do it. it. Will be. I'm that'll do it. On, I'm blaming it on that. I'm going to share my screen, Tim. Okay. And then I'm going to press this button right to... Where is it? Here. Battle of the Systems. <laughs> All right, Tim, can you introduce our battle this month? Yes, I can. It's Battle of the Systems. Well done. <laughs> I'm glad we practiced this. 
Yeah, so this month uh, we have got two uh, Sega games, one on the Sega Master System and one on the Genesis slash Mega Drive. And both of these games are starring the wonderful Disney character Donald Duck. So coming up on the Master System, we have uh, the Lucky Dime Caper starring Donald Duck. And we also have the uh, the amazing Quackshot on the Mega Drive and Genesis. So what are we going to go with first? My first question is, why don't we call him Donald the Duck? Donald the Duck. How come it's just <laughs> Donald Duck? <laughs> just something. I don't look at my uh, my dog and call him Bristol Dog. He's, like, no. he's Bristol the Dog. It's Bristol the Dog. I don't it's know. Donald the Duck. <laughs> um i say we start well first of all let me just let me preface this a little bit in the 8-bit era in general disney games were amazing uh and i would say the 16-bit as well do you you have any any favorite disney games from those those eight and 16-bit disney games um i know that one um we covered it it was the one where you you, Aladdin. The Aladdin, yes. Aladdin is really well known on... Why could I not think of that? Yeah, we, did, we did a battle assistant Super Nintendo and Genesis for yeah. Aladdin. Completely uh, different games, both great. Uh, both great. And so those two are the ones that stick out in my mind as being like top-notch Disney titles. Lion King is very well known on the Super Nintendo. I've, I haven't played that one. On the uh, Capcom made a ton of great ones on the NES. Yep. I loved. I always love Rescue Rangers. That's like my personal favorite. But Ducktales is highly regarded as one of the best NES games. Yeah, I know Boat on uh, the Amigos talks about that game a lot, and I guess he plays it a lot and can beat it or something. Is Rescue Rangers a Disney one? I didn't think Rescue Rangers was Disney, is it? Well, it's Ducktales, which is based on Donald Duck's uh, brother, Uncle Scrooge. Donald Duck's kids are the... Rescue Rangers? Oh, um, yeah, you're right. I'm jumping. Chip and Dale, isn't it? Chip and Dale. Rescue That's Rangers. Yeah, it's absolutely Disney. <laughs> In fact, they came out with the Disney four-pack uh, recently. Actually, not at this point. It's probably five or six years old, but uh, and it does include Rescue Rangers as well as DuckTales oh, cool. and a few other ones. Okay. Um, anyways, the games were great back then, and uh, part of this battle is to see if, for whatever reason, with all those great Disney games... Were the Donald Duck games overlooked because he was a, you know, hot take here, secondary character? What? Hmm? Donald Duck? What? Should Double have, D? Should we no. have played the Donald Duck games instead of going for his younger brethren? Um, yeah, so let's get some deep. So let's, what do you guys think? 8-bit first? What are, you, what are you feeling? Yeah, let's do eight. Let's do it in chronological order. I've got some stuff on the Lucky Dime Caber, if you want me to go with that. Sure. Okay, so the Lucky Dime Caper, starring Donald Duck, released in 1991 for the Master System and the Game Gear at the same time. Uh, the developers were Emerin, um, although it was, I think it was like a first-party Sega release, I think, wasn't it? Never heard of that brand. That's yeah. surprising. Okay. Um, and I think they did the, the Genesis one as well. Um, this is a single player platformer. It's a side scrolling, usual, uh, run jump, that sort of thing. Um, the plot is the evil witch Magica Dispel has kidnapped Donald's nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Um, they also stole 
and th- this this was the bit of confusion here is where I got some of the information from. They say that they sco- stole, stole Scrooge McDuck's lucky dime, but they didn't, did they? Because he gave a dime in the intro to each of the three nephews, and you've got to um, get back those three dimes. He's he stole all the lucky dimes. Or yeah. she she stole yeah. all the lucky dimes. Yeah, she's it's sorry, like four she of them. Stole the lucky dimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do- first first part of the game is Donald must rescue his three nephews uh, by completing the levels and defeating the end of level bosses. Um, the three different uh, once he's done that, you move on to uh, uh, recovering the dimes and then beating um, uh, magic, magic dispel magica the witch with the bee. Um, so the levels are uh, the northern woods and the boss in that one is a big bear Um, the great american forest is the next one and in that one the boss is a lion Um, the andes mountains uh, that one is two statues that you have to hit in the face i think isn't it Um, on the other faces on the on the rock either side of the screen Um, then you've got the tropical isles um, and then that's where, again, in the intro, I think there's three crows that come down and kidnap the three nephews. So you've got to, def- the next thing is to defeat those three crows in the next levels. Um, so you get uh, the tropical isles, the pyramids and the South Pole, which is where you defeat the three crows. And then the last level is Magica's castle um, and you have to defeat her and several spooky enemies. Um, as you progress through the game, Donald can collect different items depending on how many enemies you wipe out along the way. Uh, so Donald starts out with a hammer, uh, but if you get hit, you lose that hammer. So the only offensive weapon that you've then got is to jump on the enemies. Um, along the way, you can pick up treasure boxes, flying discs and extra lives, which are quite abundant throughout the game. Um, you can pick up the stars, which, um, and I didn't realize this actually, but, um, apparently so when you get the stars, they make your attack faster. And, um, so when you, um, hitting with the hammer or throwing the disc, which is another collectible, um, and then you can get, uh, small gems and large gems for extra points. So that's the, the rough details on the game. What did you guys think of the game? I like the game. All right, that's review <clears throat> for Donald Excellent. the Duck. Okay, correction, it is then. <laughs> <laughs> no, for an 8-bit game on the Sega Master System, God, the graphics are amazing in this. Bright, colorful. The, um, I enjoyed the sound and music on this. Um, I I did have a problem with the hammer. Like, even though... so <laughs> So here's the deal. The hammer deals a lot of damage. So yeah. you end up wanting to do use the hammer mostly. You, you do get this f- disc weapon, but it's 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 a lot w- weaker than the hammer. So you end up, I ended up using the hammer the most of the time. Um, the hammer to me, like it's 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 reach just isn't far enough. So it's very hard to. It's one of yeah. It's one of those animations where it's all happening within the sprite itself correct exactly and so when it finally its last frame of animation it sticks out like 20 percent further than donald's sprite mm-hmm. so yeah you really have to time it where the enemy almost hits you before it'll actually connect 
And I, yeah. I, I just wish the hammer had more of a throw, like more of a distance that it went out from your sprite, almost like maybe twice your sprite. So maybe yeah. 50% out or something. I don't know, but I, I would, that would happen to me all the time where I would swing at something, but the enemy was, wasn't either close enough or was too close and I missed it. And then they hit me and I lost. It's also I, not immediate. It also takes three frames of animation yeah. before it can hit something. Correct. That that's really there was another thing I read about this. Someone was reviewing it said that their jump felt too too flighty. Like um I didn't think that. I thought the jump, jump was, was fine. fine. I think the jump, jump I think the yeah. jump is fine. I I I just have a problem with the distance on the hammer. Other than that, I I liked all the power ups you got. I didn't think the game was like unfair really. I mean I thought that most everything you was solvable. Do you know what I mean? Like the like I didn't go I didn't run into anything that I was I like I like the word you use, solvable. Yeah. So I think that the, <sighs> the key with that is yes, it's solvable, but it's solvable with time and repeated going through the levels until you're almost like you've got to it's all about memory on this game because it comes back in in the same location every time and all that sort of stuff and the timing is absolutely crucial yep and until you've got that down exactly right you're just going back through the levels and and this is a for me personally it's a bugbear of a lot of these type of games and it, it gets wearing for me is that you go back to the very start of the level, even if you're literally just at the last part before you <laughs> get to the boss. Yeah, that's true. Or even when you killed the boss, you've got to go back right to the very beginning of the level and start the whole thing through. So you you have um, you have lives, and you will go to checkpoints. But if you run out of lives, you continue back to the beginning of the level. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, like on on the first level, there uh, certainly. Um, uh, what is it? The Northern Woods. There is no checkpoint on that level, definitely, because I got to the end boss two or three times, and every time I got killed by the boss, I went straight back to the be- very beginning of that first level. Um, and I, I found that's the one thing that I find a little bit frustrating about these type of games. Yep. This so like, that- the level that's shown. Um, I had fun with this one. I thought it was kind of a clever. A clever boss fight. Like all the, the, all the boss fights are, are fairly clever, and once you figure out the trick, they're easy. Yep. The yep. truth is. Yep. But yeah, so you're right, Tim. That's that's kind of what I wanted to get at was when I first started playing this game, I died multiple times instantly. And that's where I started to read, like, it immediately clicked. I'm like, this is going to be a game where every time I play, uh, do a playthrough, I get 10 feet further until I can beat the yep. level. Now what it's was a grind. Now what was cool about that though is it's not a terribly long game and if I plugged in the game right now I could probably beat it in 30 minutes. Cuz I've got the memorization down for what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Right. Like I had to get there. And I, I actually love that. Yeah. Well when I first loaded it I'm like this is way too hard until I changed my mindset and I'm like no okay you go here I do this fish hits me here go here What's this, what's this flat white thing? Oh, it's a trampoline. How do I use that? I die. How do I use that? I die. How do I use that? Oh, it's simple. I need to get it now. You know, and um, it's... You're talking about... I'm looking at the graphics here. You're talking about the graphics. They're bright. They're colorful, but they are very simple. They're simple, but... I, this yeah, level yeah. itself but is very like simple them. with the, yeah. the sky level with these things. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I, I just found it to be a good, solid platformer if you have that mindset that this is a... Oh, and they did some tricks here. Like right, so, right here in this level, 
the castle level, they did this thing where they tilted the uh, mm. the the plane, the flat plane, on yep. an axis, and you're running down it automatically. It kind of becomes a, a a rhythm game. Yep, and they changed the yeah. degrees too. They changed like yeah. now it's steep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. and you have to. They have rocks yep. coming up the hill and down the hill. You have to jump over those. Meanwhile, these buzzards are dive bombing you, and you have to either jump over them or stomp on them or attack them. Yep. Um, and I just what I loved about it is I would spend a half hour on a level before I figured out how to get through the level. And then when I died at the boss, I didn't care that much because I was excited to, for the the. There's a good feeling of running through the level, knowing everything, and just being able to destroy the level you spent a half an hour fighting through. Now you're like, oh, I can get through this in like two minutes now. I felt like an idiot on this this because I kept fighting the enemies and I didn't know you oh, had to you knock that. the wall out. I did that for at first, so I just kept fighting enemies, fighting enemies, fighting until my timer ran out, and then I was like, I hate timers, <laughs> which I do. I do hate timers, and that is. So he's, talk, he's talking about this Aztec level, yeah, where these these blocks that are not obviously creating enemies, but if you don't realize that you can run up to the blocks and hit them until they break, they will keep continuing. And to you make just enemies. keep getting enemies over and over again. And no. I just kept fighting enemies. Like, when do I get past this? Yep. And that's I guess that's the important thing with that is you've got to get up to there with the uh, with the hammer as well. Yep. Um. There are what seven stages, I believe, all together. I think there. Did, did you guys complete the game? I did not finish the game. No. Nope. Yeah, seven stages. Yeah. I think it's six stages, and then Magicka's final stage. Yeah. I got to stage five, I think. Did you beat it, uh, Tim? No. No. Okay. Um. So it was it, the game. Every once in a while, the game would throw something new at you, like this. This level where these things stack. Yeah. So all of a sudden, in the middle of the game, there's just come almost like Tetris style puzzle thing where they're dropping from the ceiling you kind of have to dodge them um there's also a point further on in the game or earlier in the game somewhere um where these bubbles would show up do you remember the bubbles on the ground oh here it is right here oh they're ice blocks do you guys do you guys get to this part i did not get to this part so there's this floor full of ice blocks and you literally have to wait for the drips of lava to fall onto the ice blocks and melt them while you dodge the lava yeah, it's just a super creative, yeah, like thing in the middle of the game to mix it up. It was hard. It, it took me quite a while. Did you um, work out the glitch on this? Are you talking about where you hang out on the side and just kind of let them? No, I, I, maybe yeah, I didn't. If you if you go to the, I think it's on the left hand. I saw this on a video. If you go to the left hand side and then just duck, the um the the drops never hit you even though they hit they they hit donald's butt but they don't actually take him out so you can just literally <laughs> take that side just duck and then you just just it's just a waiting game so here's what i ran into because i did piece that together uh, mm-hmm. more or less i didn't just duck i had to like trick the the drops to fall and then backed up but i did that but then see how it's scrolling downwards yeah i think this might have to do with the fact that i was using an everdrive it got to the point where the ice melted off the bottom of the screen, mm-hmm. but it didn't scroll downwards. When I finally dropped downwards, the ice was getting hit by lava and not melting. It was just like that on an endless loop, and I had to restart the whole system. Ah, uh, right. Um, so that did not work for me. There was also a glitch in this game with my EverDrive, which I don't know if you guys ran into, where every once in a while the enemy would come at you and then just drop through solid ground and then pop up again. 
It was the weirdest thing, and it happened multiple times. I have to say, mm-hmm. I, I played this mostly on that handheld device, so I didn't see that problem. Okay. So I was having a few yeah, little Evercade I, I issues. Across that. You did? I, I played this on my Mega Drive using my EverDrive cartridge. So you saw the enemies d- drop into the ground? No, no, I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't? Okay. See, no. I like this crow boss, too. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know how much else there is to say about this. My, my only issues with the game... After I got to know to know it, were were technical issues with my EverDrive. Honestly, I really love the fact that you do start in a Mega Man style, where you're looking at this overworld map, wherever it is here, and you get to pick. Uh, you have three, you know, your three Huey, Dewey, and Louie, right? Yep. And you get to pick what part of the world. But there's one in each part of the world, and you get some choice as to which land you want to go to. No matter which one you go to, they call it stage one. Yeah. But ultimately, you get you get a pick after you beat those three. Three other parts of the world open up. You can beat those in any order, and then you fight Magicka. Um, I just like the choice. What mm-hmm. I what I didn't like is like any other uh, platformer, eight bit platformer. The last level before the main boss was some kind of like one of these things where it's like which door do you go through? Which maze? It's one of those maze levels. I hate maze levels. Right. Hmm. Anyways. Anything else to say about this, guys? I think we covered everything. Yep. All right. So now, this, now we got to pick a rating system. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I did. I'm not going to fact check this. Yeah. But just off the top of my head, there are exactly 34 Mouseketeers in the Mickey Mouse Club. Okay. I have no idea if that's correct or not, but 34 Mouseketeers. Okay. <laughs> How many Mouseketeers are we going to give this one? Out of 34. Yes. All right, including Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep track of everybody. But not Cody, Christina Aguilera. Tim, Eric. All right, Ooh. Cody, you go first. How many Musketeers am I giving this? Out one? of thirty-four. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. I really like this game. I really enjoyed this game. Yeah, I I, I let let's just get this out there. Both games are really good. I mean, they're really yeah. good. So. Yeah. It's going to be a. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a tight, a tight uh, competition tight contest. Here. All right, Tim. So what do you got? What do you got for me? I, I got twenty five. Twenty five. I think I'm aligned with Tim. I think I was thinking twenty five. Right. Let's mix it up, Eric. Do you have the deets on uh, the next game? I do. I will let Tim jump in here, though, if he has anything to add. No, you you go you go for it. So one thing I found interesting about when I was doing the research on this, I didn't know that it was also on the Sega Saturn. Did you know I that? I didn't know that. No. It says right here, platform, Sega Genesis or Sega Saturn. We'll have to check that out here before we're done. I did not know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I thought it was a Mega Drive exclusive. Nope. Sega Genesis and Saturn. I didn't know that. So mm-hmm. that, it'd be kind of interesting to see what it looks like on the Saturn. Quackshot, <clears throat> starring Donald Duck as its full title. Is not Donald the Duck? Not Donald the Duck, just Donald Duck. Um, this is developed by Sega, published by Sega. Um, it came out on the Sega Genesis in Europe, December 1991. North America, December 19th, 1991. And Japan, December 20th, 1991. So pretty much the same day. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the same year as, Quackshot, or as um, Lucky Dime Caper. Yep. 1991, yep. both all of them. Correct. All the same, yeah. It is a single-player game. It is a platformer, but one thing that I think is key with this game versus mm-hmm. the other one, mm-hmm. it's a Metroidvania. 
Yep. Because you do have inventory, and you do have to switch. You you do have to go back to do yeah. stuff and go forward. It is yeah, a metro kind of, my opinion. But continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's. Uh, do you have any more relevant information on this? Do you want to talk about the game, Tim? Why don't you tell us about what what the game is? I liked your uh, I've, I've synopsis. Got, I've got some stuff. I'm not not quite as in depth as I went went in on Lucky Dime. Okay. Um, so Donald starts out. Um, in his uncle Scrooge's uh, Scrooge McDuck's, McDuck's library, I can't get any words out. Looking through some books, when a map falls out, the map relates to the treasure of King Garuza, ruler of a long lost duck kingdom. Donald must fight his way through all the levels to reach the treasure, avoiding big, big bad Pete along the way. Uh, this is a multi-level run-and-jump side-scrolling platformer. You start out in Duckburg, uh, leading um, leading to a trip in the aeroplane piloted by his three nephews. Um, at the end of each level, you summon the plane to fly off to the next destination. But this is one thing that I found a little bit weird at the start, is that because you've got that inventory and you can go in, um, you've got to use the option within the menus to summon the plane. So when I got stuck in one of the levels, I was like, oh, I need to summon the plane to get out of here and and move on. But I couldn't do that in the middle of the level. No. Um, yeah, you so got to wait till you, you buy the flag, to, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So get you outside. have to um, raise the flag at the end of the level, then that's when you can summon the plane. Um. Uh, the other levels, uh, so uh, of the other levels that you can play in the game, uh, they are uh, based in India, Egypt, and the South Pole, and also Big Bad Pete's Hideout. Um, just going back, uh, I didn't really go on the reviews on the other one, um, but on this one, um, <laughs> funny, funny little line. Um, Sega Pro Magazine in 1992 gave this game um, a 95%, so high praise for this one. Um, and then it said, this is the most fun you can have with a duck without stuffing it. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Yeah. <laughs> can I mention one thing that maybe uh, is often overlooked? That Donald looks like he's wearing a diaper all the time? That's true. That's true, but that's not what I was talking about. Okay. Here. The lucky diaper caper. Do you notice that they take an airplane to go from place to place? Uh-huh. Yeah, but, but they're ducks. ducks can fly. <laughs> ducks so, can fly. So but they're they lazy. Really need an airplane if they don't want to. Ducks are notoriously lazy animals. That's there. true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because they wear diapers rather than pooping, they just wear a diaper. <laughs> yep. Um, this game is very different. Mm. Yeah. Uh, first very of all, different. you can shoot plungers. Yep. So it feels, and it's it's. You shoot plungers, and you collect peppers. I don't know why you collect peppers. And you, when you get a bunch of peppers, he gets mad and runs and beats. He becomes invincible. Basically, his temper goes up. He goes. That, those peppers are some hot tamales. But they're not in every level. It's weird. Um, no. But the 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 plungers are cool because you're shooting enemies, but it kind of freezes them. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't kill them. It just like uh, it immobilizes them for a short period. It of makes time. them freeze for a second. You got to get past them. They can't when you when you touch them and they're shaking. Yeah, frozen. They don't hurt you. Yep. But as soon as they aren't shaking, touching another living animal hurts you. Apparently. Yep. Um. The game is much easier. This is. I would say this is a game. 
at first I was not enchanted by it because it was like, okay, go shoot. Everything is big and chunky, so it's hard to miss. You walk by, you just walk through the level. And I would say more than half the game was just like child difficulty. Like very simple. Okay. Do you would you guys agree with that or did, you, did that come I don't to know, mind? I found, at all? I found it challenging in that um I mean you did have to have some platforming skills to jump like like in this level, you don't want to miss these platforms when you're jumping. True, um, but you have a health bar of like eight life. I mean Yeah. You do have to um I mean, you can't upgrade your plunger to be the red one that adds kind of some puzzle elements because the yep. plunger will actually let you reach certain areas. It'll stick yeah, to so a wall. Yeah. It sticks to the wall and then you can jump on the on the uh, handle of the plunger and then you can jump, throw, throw them multiple times and then jump up onto the handles of each plunger and get up to, to the higher levels, can't you? And there are different weapons that you can... Um, activate, which is one's popcorn, right? And the other one is what was it? There's a third thing. Um, so you could do plungers, popcorn, or something else. There, I don't remember what it there's is. There's a few more too, but okay. But you don't have to use those no, you don't. in the game. Although, if you use no. the popcorn or some of those other ones, they actually do essentially kill the enemy rather than just freeze it. That's true. Which yeah. is which is nice. Yeah. Silence. Silence. <laughs> the thing I thing I find with this is that I think the the going to the end of the level is relatively simple, but then when you get into the end of level um, puzzles, so like in this one, I think this is the Egyptian one. Um, again, it's a matter of trial and error. Is going round. Um, the end of the level and finding all the different bits and pieces um, and the timing is again crucial on this so like some of the some of the areas where you've got um, you've got like the a, a down ramp and then you've got like a little series of fireballs or something like that and then you can as you go down the ramp you've got to get the timing just right and again it's kind of like pixel perfect on the on the collision where as you're going you've got to sort of like stop wait time it and go through um and then you know some sometimes there are a few little cheap deaths there if you're uh, not quite so paying attention on certain things um that you you there's a, those like little frustrating elements and again you do have some checkpoints in this but again you kind of like end up going back to a certain part in the game when then you've got that repetition of going through it over and over again so so you say that and eric mentioned the metroidvania i feel like it's a i don't feel like it is and here the reason is yeah you have to go back to a different location but when you go back to that location, you don't have to play through the same portion of level. You go mm-hmm. back and you start at the checkpoint you left from of the airplane. So really, it's like stage one, one, and stage one, two. Sure. It's, you're not going back through the same parts for the most part. Um, anyways, but I've never played another game quite like this where, it, to me, it felt almost completely different in a good way. Where, yeah, you're going all over the map and trying to figure out what you need to get from one place to go back to the other place to get past the door that you stopped at. Um, I thought it was really cool. It it might be cool. I I actually found it 
kind of annoying. Did you? Okay. <laughs> I found it kind of annoying. I, I, I wish, and I, I hate to say this, but I wish it kind of would have had the the linear nature of the last game where you just went through the game. And really, it could be like that. It's almost like a gimmick to go back and then leave off to where you left off. And then it's just another real, it's just an additional level. See, that's interesting. For, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. that is the one thing about this game that got it near the enjoyment of the other game to me. Okay. It's the fact that it had it's, that stuff. Yeah. It's the differentiator, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's that difference factor. And I think you're right in, in terms of that, Cody, is that that's what made the... The, although they're sort of like 16-bit, 8-bit, the graphics are different, the plot's a little bit different and all that sort of stuff, but it's the differentiator between the two. So if you were to compare, oh, well, I've got a Master System, I've got a Game Gear, a, a Mega Drive, Genesis, whatever, um, what am I going to What am I gonna buy? Um, I like Donald Duck. What, what's, the, what's, the, <laughs> what's, the, what's the deal? Um, and to me, Quackshot has kind of got that more exploration element to it. Whereas obviously the lucky dime caper is more of an out and out platformer. Um, and, you know, kind of like on that rail, as it were, you know, you've just got a, that it, it just normal progression through the levels. And if you don't get through that, then, you know, you switch off and do something else or something. But with this one, you've kind of got that, that switch backwards as well. Um, so, you know, I, I enjoyed that element of it. Absolutely. I would say this game is more of a, and I'm sorry if I'm belittling anything here, but this is more of a children's platformer with puzzle elements that you have to figure out, which are, you know, I mean, they're not children's puzzle elements. They're kind of like, you know, everybody, universal puzzle elements. If if it wasn't for those puzzle elements, this would just be a walkthrough platformer, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Whereas the other one is almost... I would. I wouldn't even. I guess almost rock hard until you learn what to do and when to do it through trial and error. They're completely yeah. different platformers that both stars Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah, no and timer on this one though. I like that. I've never had an issue with time I, I on am. either game. I didn't even remember if there was a timer. Oh, there is a timer. <laughs> It's Eric, the, Eric just sees timer and sees sees red, sees rage. Uh, you you are not wrong, sir. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so when you fill up your temper thing, you become invincible for a short time. We should mention that. Um, he also slides. He does slide, yep. Which you'll need to do eventually. Yep. And then eventually you get to the point where you go from a red plunger that sticks to walls that you can climb up to a blue plunger, which allows you to shoot it into a bird so you can hang on the plunger and the bird flies you across large gaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yeah. So if you got that far, I'm assuming we all beat this game. I didn't beat it. You got to the bird plunger part. That was like near the end, wasn't it? It's near the end, but I didn't finish it. Oh, okay. How do you not? I like, got when you to get this. that close. I can't not finish a game. <laughs> I ran out of yeah. time. I, I I didn't get to that part, but I I, I watched a couple of videos, and uh, yeah, I saw that mechanic in the game. Um, it's about right. Boss where I fights were fun. Yep. I mean, you're pretty much right there. This is like the final, almost the final boss, I guess. Yeah. And then, boop, 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 boop. yeah, final I think boss. if I spent like maybe a half hour more in this game, I would have beat it. Yeah, you would have. Um, 
Not sure what else to say about it. This was the more creative game, by far. Uh, prettier game, just because it's 16-bit, and they did it. It's gorgeous, even for 16-bit. Yeah, but I would say I would say the other one's gorgeous for eight bit. Yeah, um, and uh, regardless of what we score either of these, I feel like these are the least appreciated, um, probably some of the least appreciated platformers on both the systems, and they deserve to be played. Both of them are great. You're right. Well, I, I can I can attest a little bit for these games is that going back to um, sales. Yeah. In in my shop back in the day. These two games did an absolute ton. Did they? These were really, really popular, and especially the rental market on these. These were really, really popular. It was, you know, these games used to be booked up week in, week out, and I'm talking like, you know, for at least a year. Um, these were really, really popular, especially the Mega Drive one, especially Quack Shot. Okay, love this game. Yeah, I guess just that from my history, I never ran into either of these games, so. Mm-hmm. They're both brand new for me. I've never, I, I've heard of them, and I've been wanting to play Quack, Quack Shot for a while. Yeah, which is what made me pick these two because I want to play Quack Shot. And then I found out about Lucky Dime Keeper, and I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be good too. Let's let's do both. Yep. Awesome. All right, let's, both really good games. Let's rate these out of thirty four Mouseketeers. Yep. Do you want to just go backwards from this? So I'll go first. Sure. I'm going to give it a twenty six. One point higher than I gave the other one. Tim, Tim, you're I'm going to give this a 30. A 30? 30 out of 34. Yeah. Right on. Yep. Cody? The last one was a 28. I'm going to give him this one. When it comes to overall score, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm honestly, I, I almost want to just give it a tie. It's just different. Yep. That, that's exactly how I feel. That's why my score was very close. 25, 26. I gave this one the edge because no timer. And I do, I did enjoy like the, I hate to say this because I don't like puzzle games. I like the puzzle elements of of trying to figure out how to reach certain platforms with the certain kind of plungers. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, there I, was there was an element to discovery in this one. I I think that's that's what I like about this game. That's yep. why I've gone over. Is for me, it's just a bit more of a complete game. It's a bigger game, but then that's you know you could arguably say well the master system's 8 bit this one's 16 bit it's going to be a bigger game and all that sort of stuff but i just just for me personally my personal feelings i just think this is a more complete rounded game i was i, I didn't quite get my score i think i actually will give this the extra point 20 i think this will be 29, 29. Okay. I, I think i do prefer if i was going to go back i probably <clears throat> would play this one again right now or the other one i'd be like no i did that um, so so the overall winner is quackshot Quack Quack shot. But but pretty narrow. I mean it's yeah. You gotta you gotta play both of them. Yep. They're both both really good solid games and recommended to play. Sweet. So that's another month, battle in the books. So next month should we copy ARG presents and play only games that got twenty percent or worse ratings? <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't I just don't want to do that. <laughs> I also don't know if I've got time in my life for that. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Tim, how are you feeling about the MSX dev competition, huh? I am huh? feeling really good about that. I'm very, very keen for that. I can't wait I, to dive I, into Those games that. look great. I'm not going to mention yeah. what game I played. I played one game today because I had to go pick up my daughter at her art class, and I loaded up on my little portable machine. I played one game, and it was awesome. One for I, one. I'm not going to mention what it is because I don't want to skew yeah. anyone's score, but I, I was like playing it going, man, this thing is really good. I played one a couple yeah. months ago, and it was awesome. Yeah. 
So, so I'm, I'm one for one. On that website, they've done it's not just this year, they've done uh, right back to 2016, I think, some 2016, 2017. And I went through some of the games on there. And again, they just, there just looks like a ton of awesome games to play on the MSX. I was t- earlier in the really show, I was stuff. telling Eric that I'm I, more and more every time I touch my MSX, it becomes closer and closer to my favorite 8 bit. I think it's right there in second place next to the C64. Mm-hmm. I love. I love the MSX so much for, yeah. and keeping in mind that I'm like purely a gaming, like right. purely for gaming interest. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, gents. Good well, stuff. I think we might be able to record the MSX episode uh, if we do it quick enough in this house. Oh, okay. Otherwise, next month episodes will all be. I have no idea what they're going to be like, as far as where we record and how we do it. Well, Most likely, it will all be virtual for for at least an episode. For at least a little bit till we get adjusted in. Yeah. Oh boy. Cool. Hopefully, my internet's good enough that you can hear me. Yeah, exactly. And I can so hear you cutting in and out, or, or else you'll be recording at my house. <laughs> there you <laughs> we'll go. Be cramming might, into a tiny room. That might be happening. I might be driving home at twelve thirty and have to go an hour to get home. All right. Well, that's okay. A, that's an episode, gentlemen. Well, y'all enjoy your September, yep. your Septandy. Yep. And then I'm sure our October will be some cheesy name that relates to a r- retro system of some sort. <laughs> Octomiga. <laughs> Vectober. Uh, Vecto- Ooh, I like Vectober. <laughs> Vectober, yeah. I'm down with that. Another one I can't participate in yet. Oh, you'll coming. be there. You'll be there. <laughs> well, now he's going to play the... the... <laughs> oh... I'm gonna say it because it's not. There's nothing wrong with it, guys. What? Uh, if we if we did the Tandy one, it would be a Cocktober. <laughs> Cocktober. It's a cocoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's a Cocktober. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I think we should end while we're not ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Still keep our G rating. <laughs> and remember that together we're stronger because it, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.